I'm gonna blame the village people. How'd Leatherman get in there? That's not a job. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And I'm Ian Boothby. And I want to say, uh, people in the future, do not use uh, this to build artificial intelligences based on David and myself. We do not grant permission. We do not grant permission? Yeah. I think oh. like there'd be uh, enough stuff from our podcast that if you threw it all through a computer, mm. you could probably like create artificial uh, versions of ourselves. There'd be enough knowledge mm. in there that uh, the computer could extrapolate, okay. you know, almost any response to any yeah, question yeah. that would be asked, and it would all be like listing chocolate bars. <laughs> Treasure Island. Yeah, and then it would like, and you would be Beatles trivia. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, yeah, that's a good question. So now if someone did build artificial intelligence, like tried to create like an, a version of us in the future. Right, with holographic projections. Sure, sure. It would be... The sneaky dragon version of us. It wouldn't necessarily necessarily really be us. It would be our version of ourselves on this show. True, but I think the show goes so long <laughs> that the real versions of ourselves poke in. So the computer might be able to figure that okay, out. Okay. And just and or it could uh, record. Okay, it could just go that I said that's a lie. I can tell from the the quaver in the voice or, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. they're putting on something or this is obviously sarcasm. <laughs> okay. uh, Dave is not really a king, stuff like that. Yeah. And and then it'll, it'll, it'll get rid of that. And then it'll it'll go for where the sincere, all right, ah, there you go. Or times where your wife's on the show and you're talking to your wife. Times yeah. when my wife is on the show and I'm talking to my wife. Yeah. And so we're talking as we normally would to our wives. Uh, and so I was like, ah, oh, that's, uh, we're talking to somebody who loves to get that. And <laughs> talking to someone that they admire. We've had people we admire on the show. Yeah. So it would be able to like scan through all that, I think. Sure. Pretty much figure it out. Then there's a holographic projection of us. And uh, you ask it whatever questions you want, and yeah. then it just goes to town. Starts talking about decks. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It. I guess we have uh, covered a lot of topics on the show. But I'm now. saying I don't want that artificial intelligence to be built. You don't want that to happen. No, I don't. Because, uh, listen, because? Listen, first of all, we're going to be in a museum. I get it. I understand that. Sure. Yeah. But I don't want that thing answering questions. It just uh, it, it just feels what feels wrong. what if here's a question what if it's animatronic characters at Disneyland in their hall of podcasters as long as they look terrible <laughs> okay I would really like it if if the if the hall of podcasts look as awful as the hall of presidents like, yeah I yeah. want us to look like Donald Trump I want that kind of representation okay. just bad and just like hey how are you let's go to the mail big. And uh, there, because we're Swedish. Yes, it seems kind of... So, um, is, actually, is Donald Trump in the Hall of Presidents yes. at Disneyland? Yes. I guess it's unavoidable. Yes, he is. Yes. I guess you have to have him I've, there. You've, have you never seen it? He, he looks terrible. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah. Feels like... If it wasn't so heavy, I would turn the computer around. I would show you an image of it. <laughs> so the the Imagineers went to town on him. I just can't think, though. Is he? A, here's a question before you go on. Okay. Is he a reconstituted bear from Bear Country Jamboree? That's mean to the bears. <laughs> yes, it is. The so bears just want to like uh, do a nice song and uh, right. uh, right. and a uh, thing. I'm you know, wrong. he's a he's a reconstituted Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from a little mermaid ride that yeah. didn't uh, didn't go. Um, what I want to know is mm -hmm. where'd they find a speech that he did that's suitable? 
Like, where's where's the where's the talk they did where you didn't like then like just go off on a tangent about the boys to the Boy Scouts by the time he was on this millionaire's boat and they were getting laid. Like, find me, find me two solid minutes or whatever mm, yeah. of him just like staying on topic. Okay, and on track. well, it's not gonna be a topic, but there was that American time. Carnage. That's not the one. What what do you got? Is that time he was talking about uh, washing machines? Yep, that would be fine. That's like two minutes of completely almost like. Anodyne. Oh, if only he was made out of a washing machine, too. Like, if they. (laughs) Damn. Why not? That would be so great. Here's a familiar sound. There you go. I had to open that Coke. I forgot. By the way, it's episode 507. Uh, If it was 507 AD, what empire would we be in, Dave? 507 AD? I guess the Holy Holy Roman Empire. We'd be in the Byzantine Empire. Oh, we'd be in the Byzantine Empire. That's right, Byzantine Empire. So the money goes back in the bank if Dave can guess the empire next week. He'll probably guess Byzantine Empire, and that will be right. <laughs> what if I forget? No, How no. embarrassing. Eventually, hopefully, you uh, will not forget. How embarrassing. Hey. Hey. Despite... It's for horses. It is. It is for horses and for cows. If you... Uh, you, I don't think you were quite strident enough or forceful enough in your um, comments on, on uh, Snack Eyes, as it's called on the Cineplex app. Snake Eyes. G.I. Joe Origins. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've quite... They call him Snake. His friends call him Snake. Hey, Snake. Hey, Mr. Ice is his dad. That's right. So, uh, I went and saw it last night. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're all right? <laughs> I didn't realize it was terrible. Yeah, it's the second, though, still better than the last one, I would no, say. No, no, no. Wait one, a second. The one where all the G.I. Joes blow up? You know what? I'm a fan of G.I. Joe Retaliation. I like that movie. I don't like... I don't like the part where they go to to the original Joe and it's Bruce Willis <laughs> in his usual non acting. Oh, he should have uh, been uh, acting thing. Yeah, the, the size difference. He should have been a giant, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like because the, the GI Joes in modern times are small. Yeah, the GI Joes in the old times are big. Yeah, they're huge. There's a giant giant doll with with more moving parts than are possible. Right, and he should have had a weird beard. That, like, just you oh, wanted yeah, to feel suede, his, that, that, that weird, weird feel that beard. And his hair too. His hair had that same suede. Yeah, kind of that's good suede. Really yeah. weird. As you, I think you mentioned before, he should have arthritis that looks like kung fu grip. <laughs> That he just can't get his hands out of the kung fu grip, and then at one point he gets knocked off of something. He just he just grabs a, grabs a pipe and it's like, oh, came in handy. No, to me, GI Joe Retaliation is a movie that goes for it. Like it doesn't it doesn't like pretend it's anything but what it is, which is just like a popcorn movie that's just like a, a nutty, crazy thing. That, that the Snake Eyes stuff in that movie is fun. That whole fight in the in the canyon. Where they're like that throwing their swords and jumping this into the rocks. With what, and jumping what's his name? Shadow Fox? Storm Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. That's who we we meet at the end of this movie. Yeah. We meet Storm Shadow at the end of, of How do they introduce the sorry to ruin this bit. How do how do they We're introduce the name? It's like it's like a tell them a storm shadow is coming it's, or something it's like that. The very last part of the movie and he's sitting on his jet, which he shouldn't have because he just left his family and I assume his fortune. But anyway, he's sitting on a private they take jet. Take the bad jet? And the Baroness comes on the jet. Baroness von Glass. And she calls him by his name, whatever his name is. Yeah. And he says, call me Storm Shadow. And I guess everyone who's like a G.I. Joy fan, G.I. G. Joy, G.I. Joe fan goes, I like G.I. Joy. <gasps> yeah, well, that's the, his counterpart, his female counterpart. No, that's Lady Jane. I just, you know what? I just like all, I, I really do like Retaliation. I think Very it's good. just like a goofy, fun mess. It was a long time ago. Listen, I, as I've mentioned before, I spent 20 pounds on it. <laughs> 19 pounds and... 50, 19 pounds 50 
All right. Uh, 50 tuppence or whatever on it. Uh, couldn't get popcorn with butter. And so I was, I'm, I'm a little bitter uh, from that. So maybe it was a better movie that I saw. Here's what I did like in that I think movie. it's because I saw it. It was I was this at home one day. It was an afternoon, and I just turned on the TV and started to watch this. Uh, Fair enough. Thing and it, you know, and I that's just, how to watch it. That's exactly what the way I like. To watch is it. I like it is they got uh, Christopher Eccleston uh, in a tube, and uh, they're walking by Christopher Eccleston in a tube, and I'm like, ah, eh, maybe next time. Yeah. And, they, and they just keep walking. It's like we don't need Christopher Eccleston. I think I was I, like, well, I guess in this one that we'll see Christopher Eccleston. No, no, that would have been that would have been nice. No, see, I I thought I thought at the very least it would be like fun garbage. This is a fun garbage film. Like that's fine. Like I don't mind that. Like right. I'm, I'm okay with that kind of movie. Okay, I got a big question to ask you. In a, in a, but not not this movie. This movie is no fun at all. In fact, the action scenes are so boring. And what's really terrible about all the action scenes, mm-hmm. except for the one near the beginning when they turn his, turn the truck into the, uh, the the sword cabinet in a magic trick, sure. they is that it just like it's like the weirdest time dilation in this movie. Like they'll be up, it's the morning, mm-hmm. and then when the fight scene happens, suddenly it's night. Sure, it's just every time. It's like, a like storm shadow. Where, just, where just did the day go? Yeah. Where did the day go? But this time, storm shadow's a good guy. He's still a good guy. He doesn't become a storm shadow till till he. Petulantly learns that he doesn't get to lead the family. So in the first G.I. Joe movie with... Uh, and again, we're doing... Did not see the very first G.I. Joe sp- film. Oh, whoa. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's too big a spoiler that I'm not going to tell, Dave. Um, but, uh, the one where they knock over the Eiffel Tower? Not yeah. unlike... Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. uh, not unlike... There's a there's a similar twist. Okay. You know, the big bad that was... Oh, they're good. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait a second. Oh, but you do, but you do. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes through the thing that you get go through in your uh, kung fu type movies, where it's just like you got the tests. And once yeah, but there's phys- no training. Wait it. Wait oh, for sorry. it, though. I'm sorry. You got the physical. You got the physical test, the mental yeah. test, and the whatever, and then the impossible test. Of purity, test. Yeah. No human being could ever do this no, test. No one ever. The first test. Yeah. Did it look familiar to you at all? <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit of Canadian kung fu. Yeah, I mentioned that to the girls. I yeah, girls, so. yeah, I'm watching. I was actually watching it with my sister-in-law Vicky, who directed. Uh, I did a, a short video called Canadian Kung Fu many years ago that ended up on Tosh Point oh, uh, and uh, it was directed by my sister-in-law uh, Vicky Van, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, will shoot things for you. Uh, so hire her; she's great. And uh, the general premise behind it is. Uh, it's Canadian Kung Fu, so uh, I'm the I'm the master, and I uh, say to the, the person, uh, snatch this pine cone from my hand, and uh, then you will uh, complete your training. And uh, and he asks, uh, he goes, uh, can I have the pine cone? And I go, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so that's the thing. It's a simple little joke, and we all have fun, and uh, yeah, you yeah. know, it's got 80,000 views, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the freaking thing in this movie! They do it! Like, when I'm seeing it happening, I'm like... They're not going to do that, are they? They do it! <laughs> they do it. That's exactly it. Not a pine cone, but not not a pine cone. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those movies where you feel like no one knows how to write a movie. Like, no one knows how to write a movie. Like, what happened to well, movies? Well, what's the intention of this movie? Well, I guess to introduce Snake Eyes? But the problem is, is to, like to what to what end? Then we're going to yeah. bring like it's like the like when they did Wolverine Origins, we had just had an X Men movie, yeah. so it's like conceivable you want to see where this guy and sure, it's sure. by the same guy makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But like that GI Joe movie 
was like 2008, I think. Right? Maybe, I think it's a little sooner. Little, Thir- 13 it years was some, ago. I think it was sometime in this... The, the, the retaliation was sometime yeah. in this... No, because I, I saw it in England. Oh, yeah. I saw it in England, so it would have had oh. to have been like around 2008. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's like, what, 13 years ago. So, so it's a movie that we've forgotten, basically. Or, or like, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that, maybe you remember the first one. Maybe. I don't even know when that one was. <laughs> but, like, so are you setting up the origin so we're going to now see more G.I. Joes? Like, they're all going to gather together. We're going to have a big G.I. Joe movie. Is that the plan? Or are you playing into the nostalgia of people that remember the last G.I. Joe? And, like, you might be wondering <laughs> from 13 years ago what that guy's deal was. Yeah, what was that guy's deal? He doesn't talk. Yeah. Don't you love how he doesn't talk? How about in this one? He just talks a blue streak. Why? Are you going to see how he loses his voice? No. They're, they're going to no. show you that. I don't, think he, <laughs> I don't think he lost his voice, though. I think he chooses not to speak. Yeah. Why? I prefer that. That's fine. Why? I prefer to think that way. Give a reason. Why? No, he doesn't have to know. I think. I think. I think a mystery is okay. I. What I wanted from this movie <laughs> well, was what, just like. What an, is the movie? I just wanted him to go on an adventure as Snake Eyes. I didn't want to see like an. I know it's J. Joe origin, so I guess I should have expected that. But I mean, who cares? I mean, it really comes down to. It seems like a lot of these movies now that are prequels are how do you get those pants? Like, it's just really like, remember how they wore that vest? <laughs> remember how they have that yeah, hat? Yeah. And and then it always is the next to final scene in the movie yeah. where someone just goes, hey, here's a hat. Yeah. And like, all right, they put the hat on. Oh, that's where they got the hat. Yeah, yeah. From the person who just gave it to them. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like... It would have been so much better if they just showed him going to a store and buying it. <laughs> this looks nice. Or he's, he's, got, like he's walking hat. out with like, uh, like he's going to buy that hat and then they say like, oh, that one costs $200. <laughs> Anything cheaper? <laughs> Guy just returned this one. Okay. Put that hat on. There you go. Like, I get it if it's something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it's uh, Spike's origin story and it turns out like he's fighting uh, a, a former slay- like a slayer and kills her and takes her jacket and that's where he got the jacket what are we going to do well later on you'll see her his her daughter or her son will see that jacket and know ah he killed the mother and this is yeah. the thing it's like okay one it justifies why he wears this jacket it's kind of a cool thing it shows he was a bad person mm-hmm. it boosts the story but it's not like yeah. Here, have a coat. It's like not, that, and that's that's literally what they're doing in so many movies now. It's just like yeah. we got you, got you this outfit. Yeah. All right. Why? Yeah. Why would I dress as a full ninja to leave in the daytime on my motorcycle? What? Why? That's that's the opposite of what a ninja is. You mm-hmm. now look ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. They will. He's with his dad. Like the movie starts with him as a kid with his dad. Uh huh. And they're in. A, I guess it's, it's a safe house. Which it's mentioned by the boy because he doesn't. He just asks, "What's the safe house to his dad?" And it said, "Like, oh, it's a kind of cabin or something like that." You know, he lies to his son. Just want to let him know that we're in real danger. Yeah, smart. (laughs) Yeah, smart. (laughs) Because then, when they are in real danger, and he tells this the boy, you know, go into this room, don't open the door. Immediately, the kid opens the door. Yeah, like twice. I gotta give the kid in uh, the last uh, Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, because they're in a safe house as well. Mm. And uh, as soon as they see a car coming down the road, they just pick the kid up, shove him in a hole, cover him up. And uh, yeah, the kid knows. Yeah. The, the mum's the word. Yeah. Dummy up. Smart. But I Snake guess, kid. you know, Snake Eyes is our point of view, so. And so then, then the, 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 the baddie forces the, the dad to, like, to roll dice to, for his fate. 
You know, so he, he rolls snake eyes. Yeah. And then he says, you rolled snake eyes. And so then he kills the dad and then the boy gets away. And then we smash cut basically like this absolutely poom. Now he's like in a, in a ring fighting, like doing like, you know, uh, whatever they call that mixed martial arts kind of stuff. Yeah. MMA fighting. And we learned that his name is snake eyes. Right. And people call him snake. Like it's as if it's his name. Like his last name is eyes and his first name is snake. And it's just so weird. Yeah. Why? Why movie? Why? Because snake is different than snake eyes. <laughs> It's like they mean totally different things. Like if his name is just Snake, yeah, that's a pretty good fighting name. And now fighting Snake, that's great. Eyes. Well, no, his name is Snake Eyes. Then. You got to Charlie Brown that thing. Yeah. You got to make it always the same. Well, yeah. I, I was, <clears throat> I would assume. I'm not a no expert on J.I. Joe. I, I never watched the TV sh- uh, cartoons when I was a kid because I was too old for that nonsense. But now I'm not. So I went to see yeah. Snake Eyes. But anyway, uh, what? Um, I always I would just assume that that was just like his code name was Snake Eyes, mm-hmm. you know, that was his, that's his code name. Just like Scarlet is the code name for this other character who comes in the movie later, played right. by Samara. And Wayne. when you see her, uh, like when I was watching her in there, I was like, again, I turned to Vicky and just went, "So how is she not Black Widow? Like, in what way is she not Black Widow? Yeah, yeah, just Black Widow. Yeah, she's Black Widow. She's in every respect Black Widow." She's the redhead yeah. spy. Except not as good as not a good a fighter. Uh, well, it's not as good at anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, so let's just, so, so now what I also enjoyed oh, is it like. Oh, a bomb, by the way, this film. Box office bomb. Oh, yeah. 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 Oops. That's why I saw it in a, in a second run theater for very little money. So okay. I'm not going to pay real money to see that kind of nonsense. So anyway, um, went to, uh, yeah, so then, so then he's approached by some kind of bad guy, like a gangster kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Who wants to offer him a job with the, with the possibility that he'll discover who killed his dad? That's great. That's that's why you joined the Yakuza. That's the come on. That's right. It's just like, what's that you say? Oh, it might give you some information about who killed your dad. Mm. There's no downside to joining the Yakuza aside from that? No. No. So all ethical things I'll be doing? Yeah. yeah no that, problem right. no. There's no. You're not going to be morally compromised at all. That's fine. Don't worry about it. All right. Next thing you know, what's he doing? <laughs> Stuffing uh, fish with guns. <laughs> Yeah. Can be called fish boy by some guy because he's, it's his job. Like, why would you st- stop fighting? Like, if you're an MMA, MMA fighter, that's like where you're going with your life. You're yeah. like a fighter. Sure. You're going to switch your career so you can be working in a smelly place, stuffing guns into fish, fish so you can ship them to Japan, I guess. So you, they can sneak guns into Japan. I guess that's the idea of these fish. Right. Like, you just want to cut at some point. To some mom putting like a fish in the oven, I'm just like, do they get all the all the all the fish? <laughs> so, so then yeah, so then then some guy who's there, mm-hmm. I guess he's supposed to be like in disguise or whatever, but he's like the cousin of the 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 bad guy. So then the bad guy like outs him, like you're the you're you, and he's like, oh, I'm me. Yeah, you're you. I'm. I want no. Then he then, <laughs> then Snake Eyes. He hands the gun to this person whose his job is to stuff guns into fish gut, like into fish. Yeah. Okay, kill him. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm going from you know fish stuffing to to killing. That seems like a big jump. How about if we like fish stuffing to beating people up to maybe later on? I'll be, you know, so he doesn't kill him. Obviously, I think know? it was a, yeah, it was a loyalty thing. It was like to pr- prove you're not a cop, basically yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, but what do you? What's it matter? <laughs> you're that guy. So what? <laughs> so, Fine. 
So yeah, then they have like this the big fight that with no no stakes. This is the big fight, yeah. You don't know who anyone is or care about what's don't going on. Don't you think though they should have been honestly like just running and grabbing fish and tearing guns out of fish? That like, would have been good. Yeah, that would have been good. No, they. I think they wanted the way, to have. Also, you you hit a person with a fish. It's got a gun in it. That's a good smack. Yeah, yeah. I think they wanted to go more in a in a martial arts way. So it was more like like samurai sword fighting, and then some some martial well, arts. Well, here's the thing. Uh, okay, again, much like Fast and the Furious, yeah, insane amounts of violence, like just wall to wall violence. But like in the cartoon, not no a drop of blood, no blood. <laughs> except bloodless violence. Except at one point in the future, then they uh, in, in the future in the film, they do they don't cut to the future. It's what's happening in the present. The <laughs> they become blood brothers, yeah, and they, and they cut their hands or wrists or something. And palms, they, yeah, they cut palms, their palms, yeah, and uh, they merge their blood. And I'm like, they can bleed. <laughs> and like not a drop of blood through this whole thing you yeah. guys are like using swords on each other you're shooting each other not a speck not a speck of blood like it's i know because he gets stabbed in the in the truck when he's driving at mm-hmm. the beginning Any blood nope i don't think so no it's gi joe rules yeah, yeah the only thing it doesn't have is when people are in a helicopter and they get blown up you see a parachute immediately and the person's the thumbs up i'm, I'm okay yeah Bye. yeah so so weird like the relationship between between Snake Eyes, between Snake and <laughs> and what becomes like his next boss is so weirdly established because basically he just he doesn't shoot him and then he's like you know sort of accompanies him and then helps him when this guy's like constantly fighting like won't, yeah. won't run away just wants to keep fighting and then there's like like I said they get end up in like the inverted porcupine truck where there's like a 15 samurai swords shoved through the cab They're of this really truck. good samurais. They just don't know where the driver is. They don't know where. Where would a driver be sitting in the truck? I have no idea where. Is he, like, in the front seat? Let me just put this in the towards the back. I know. Like, it's you just so... want to have someone at some point recline the seat like crazy back. But you then... can because it's a truck, right? It's a, yeah. it's a one... It's just a one-seater, like, or two-seater cab. Like, there's no, well, no room. Well, down or something. But, yeah, it was just... They're just dumb and they don't know... Where a freaking thing goes. <laughs> no, just blindly stabbing their swords and then leaving them. They don't pull them out. They just yes, leave them in there. that's the other thing too. Don't that does not cost money? <laughs> free, free swords. And then it cuts from that to him on the on a jet. And he wakes up. And now he's besties with this with this guy. Yeah. Whatever his name is. The other thing I thought was weird about the movie is... Tommy, so, is that his name? Tommy, yeah, Tommy. Yeah. So Henry Golding, uh, mixed parentage. It looked like the guy who played Tommy was also mixed parentage, as well as the actress who played Akiko, who was like the the security expert at at, the, at this uh, not Yakuza clan that uh, that uh, Snake Eyes ends up at, where he does his starts doing his, his non training. Like he does, it's a strange it's a strange film where you don't get like a training montage or anything like that. Mm. You just get the tests. Like he just gets there and it's like oh, we got to do tests, all right? Like, and then they have Tony Jaa. From the Raid Raid Redemption and yeah. the Raid Two, the better movie Raid Two. That's a really good film, yeah. Great film and great fighter, like a great film film martial arts fighter. Doesn't get to do anything in this movie. <laughs> There's nothing. Yep. Nothing because and even if he does do something, it's not great because no one knows how to film fighting in this movie. Mm-hmm. No one knows how to film fighting. Like they never know where to put the camera. And part of the problem is it's there's a lot of sword fighting going on, which is kind of hard to film anyway. With like samurai fighting, which because it's very much about you know the the lunge and stuff like that, or the run through. You know, like if you watch the Seven Samurai, there's a lot of like fighting in that where you just kind of like 
did he get him? I can't tell. <laughs> we fell over. I guess he got him. Like it's just, it's just, it's not really like Robin Hood style sword fighting, you know? Yeah. And then they insist on having all the weapons to be machine guns. So it's just this sort of random spraying of weapon of, of bullets everywhere. There's never any sense of like people aiming and firing or anything, you know, like there's so many models of like good action. Like we just watched Su- the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Great action in that movie. Like the, the Harley sequence in that film is really well done uh, action sequence, you know, with fight. It, with, and it's fun because she's like throwing away her weapons and, and using other things, you know. Using, well, they keep escalating. Using doors, using uh, cloth. Yeah, then it's going up to machine guns or automatic While weapons. While her mental stuff. state keeps changing and changing and growing. And then to a javelin, you know, so it just yeah. keeps going, going, going. And the ja- and again, each each point then is also a character point. Yeah. And then it's, it's also moving the plot along and like, oh, now she's found this weapon, mm. which will be important. Yeah. And it was instead of random shit happening. Yeah, and it was, but it was, it was shot well. Like it, the camera yeah. was in places where you could see like threat, you know, resolve uh, where people are with each other. Like where this film, you just it was just so it was just so like mixed up. And also, as I said they keep filming at night, and so they have all these ninjas who are dressed in black fighting in the dark. And you, you're like, did someone not get the memo or like how ninjas dress before they plan the, the scenes? Like. Why are they all fighting, fighting on? They're like fighting on this car carrier in part of the movie, and you can't see anything. And they don't do anything fun with it either. Like they don't, no. they don't like drop cars off to, onto other cars in front of them and try and you know like create like chaos so that you know. Nothing you like want to like stop it and go. Where's my focus supposed to be? <laughs> like just to the director. Yeah. Where where should I be looking? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, in the best martial arts movies, you know where you should be looking. Yeah, and that character there. That's one thing they're saying right now about Shang Chi and the uh, whatever Legend of the Ten Rings and getting the right full name is uh, the action is shot very differently than any other Marvel movie, and it's shot well. They shoot the fights mm. really, really well, and people are like mentioning that. It's like oh. They haven't seen a well-done fight fight in a good long time. <laughs> mm. But I think they, they did them well in a couple of the TV shows. I think, like, the Daredevil, like, uh, hallway mm-hmm. yeah. fights. Those are those are really good, yeah. I mean, you know? and considering those are TV shows where you don't, where you have less time for choreography than you would shooting, um, sh- you know, shooting a movie. And also less time between takes and stuff like that. So there's less, the actors aren't as rested. So they're having to go in, like, that Charlie... I can't his last name now. Yeah. Charlie Daniels, right? Isn't the same guy? Maybe who... that's a Charlie Daniels band. Yeah, I think same same guy played Daredevil, right? Yeah. The Daredevil went down to Georgia. Yeah, we know that. So he like for a soul to steal, but he was blind, so he couldn't, <laughs> he see, couldn't it. see it. Yeah. So like apparently, like that that hallway fight and the stairwell fight were preceded by like a full day of shooting, mm. and then he had to do this. So he's doing all that, and then he has to go in and do this really like onerous. Like one one shots and stuff like that, and luckily he was up for it. But that's tough. That's that's a tough day. It was something that was really nice about those fights, especially the hallway fight. To me, was it, the fight escalates, but like he's clearly getting more tired. Yeah, yeah. Through yeah. this whole thing, so yeah. it's just like just him just taking a breath, and now into it. Whereas in something like this. It's just at the same level of fighting. Mm, Everyone's mm-hmm. at the same level of fighting. Cling, 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 yeah. Through the whole thing. Yeah. And I just meh. Well, the, he's not going to... I know he's not going to be injured. I, I know nothing's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. This is a waste of my time. I've got no idea. <laughs> it's a, it's the, yeah, it's a waste of your time because there's no imagination to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like in G.I. Joe Retaliation, the best G.I. Joe film. The, the only one I've seen. The um, There is an animated one where uh, Cobra Commander turns into a snake at the end. Pretty good. Not Pretty bad. good turning into a snake at the end. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. There's something wrong. Why is this? 
<laughs> slithers away. You know, in that one, you have that great canyon fight with Snake Eyes versus Storm, Storm Shadow or whatever. You know, which is like the super fun, crazy fight, like all, you know, all wire work and it's like this wacky doodle fun. Yeah. This movie has nothing like that in it where it's just like, this is where it goes for it. Yeah, know? what's your showpiece? What's, yeah. what's, what's your, yeah, what's, yeah. I guess it's supposed to be, be the fight on the car carrier, but it's so static then. And then also, where does, where does that move the story to? Like, I, I, I know that fight occurred, but I can't think of where it occurs in the movie because it could have occurred anywhere in the mm-hmm. movie because it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. <laughs> none of it matters. <laughs> no, no. First of all, it's a prequel. Yeah. So, like, well, no he's going to live. Yeah, he's going to live. Yeah. Oh, Scarlet, I like her. Well, she's going to live. Like, I know all the people that have anything to do with G.I. Joe are going to live. Yeah, yeah. So there's no stress. I was just, I was just thinking of... Um, uh, whatever the second Matrix movie was that was that Revolutions was it Reloaded Reloaded I think Reloaded Matrix Reloaded movie. I know people are like uh, bash it nowadays uh, but at the time I liked it and there was that sword fight that was taking place on a truck yeah it's great and, and it's a great sword fight mm-hmm. but also it's good because uh, it's Morpheus who's fighting and you're like yeah he could die Morpheus isn't the lead yeah yeah so like it, it, even in like the first movie I was surprised he made it to the end like he's the guy who <laughs> gives the information to Neo yeah. Well, yeah. he gave the information. He's done. He showed him the world. Yeah, you yeah. don't need that guy anymore. Yeah. So he's in real danger in every fight that he's in, and that yeah. makes it more exciting. Even in the second movie, well, Neo's moving on with his life. He doesn't need his old mentor. This is the time. That's Obi-Wan. Luke doesn't need him anymore. Let's see what goes on. And so, yeah, there's actual stakes, it felt like. through, through It the, felt like it, but I, does, anyone on, does anyone on the good guy side die in, in the second one? Like, if you think of the first one... Yeah, like, a lot of people died. The, in the team, first one. most of the team dies. Yeah, you know when when Joe Pan, Joey, Joey Pants, Joey Pants, yeah. uh, betrays them for a steak, for a steak, <laughs> for an imaginary steak, even worse. The uh, but I think in the second film there's less at stake. Uh huh. Uh huh. Less virtual stake, and that's right. I think we've uh, we found the the thing is like the stakes have to be there. Mm-hmm. Actual steaks. Actual, <laughs> real steaks. Yeah. Not pretend steaks that taste like chicken. The, but that, sorry, let me just say that actually is a good thing in that first movie, where you're like, why is this guy doing this? And then you see him eating a steak. Yeah. And he's like, this is the life I want. Yeah. I'm eating it. It tastes good. I'm enjoying this. And like, huh? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just a because I want power. It's like no, no. <laughs> I just he want to have a good life. To, I want to have a good life in this world. Yeah. And I don't know this doesn't taste like steak. Mm-hmm. What do I What do I know? This is a good life yeah. for me. So. What do I care if I'm a battery? Yeah. Who, who, oh. Yeah. It's fine. It's just, you know, this this life, whether it's real or not, it doesn't, you know. Yeah, it's a fair argument, Joe. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, yeah. Pants. Yeah, it is a Can fair I call argument. you Mr. Pants? <laughs> have you met Mr. Snake? <laughs> yes. His dad is Mr. Eyes. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, that that is a good film. Except the problem with the the second Matrix is there's too too much. Well, the problem. I mean, the problem with the second Matrix is it. We already saw the first Matrix, but you cannot beat that movie. Yeah, the ending. That movie. Yeah, the ending. Oh well, anything could happen. Okay, now let's tell you what happened. No, <laughs> exactly. No, like, like someone. Yeah, that's like that. That's a great origin right there. Where yeah. it's just like, and anything could happen. He takes off. He has all yeah. this power. Power to do good. Power to end whatever's... You know, that's all we need to know. We don't need to have like the gritty, horrible third film where it just feels awful. and most of it's, it's a baby head. Most of it feels like it's in the mud. I don't even remember it anymore. I saw it in the theater and I, that's the last... I mean, I've never it was seen... A, it was uh, a movie. I've never seen two or three again. 
I have watched The Matrix. I've, I've watched. Then. I've watched two again. Two, two's over it. And and yeah. and the video game was good too because it tied all into the scenes in mm. the movies. And it was like that's fine. But yeah, just the general idea is like there's infinite potential. Nope. <laughs> no, no, that's what it should be. Take me to a different matrix. Yeah. Take me, you know. Yeah, there should be like a higher level matrix that he gets into and has to like, you know, learn that one. Or don't don't go back to Keanu Reeves and this gang. That story is done. Yeah, that's you're a good, in, that's a good point. And you know, they had the animatrix, which was all these animated things, you know, based on the matrix and things that happened. Well, do one of those. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's a good point. Just you know, we've we've already we've buttoned this one. Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, don't you want to see him die? No! <laughs> don't you want to see her die? No! Why would I want to see that? Well, especially when you learn that it's just a futile cycle, that he disappears and then dies, and then will appear again, and then die again, and that's all it is. Mm-hmm. You're just, oh, great. That's, uh, I mean, I guess... I've been to church. I've heard that before. I guess it's philosophically interesting. That's fine, but... I guess. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a talker. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I prefer, you know, the person found out the reality and grew and made choices. Yeah. And now there's infinite possibilities. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. Wrap it up. Also, can we can we give information more interestingly than the architect sitting in a chair talking for, for oh, 10 minutes? Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that's the problem with that movie. It's like, yeah, we remember the things that were good. The, yeah. the, the, the highway chase is great. The fight in the mansion mm-hmm. is fun with the ghost ghost brothers yeah. and everything. That's that's there's fun. a bunch of good in it, yeah. But you know, we forget like the horrible beginning with the rave, the rave con- yeah. the rave thing. Oh my god, that's just that's just kill me now. That's like reading about sex in a book. And then uh, the yeah, the architect talking for forever, and then the fight between all the Smiths and 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 Neo. And it's like clearly all computer animated, but it's like computer animated at a time when people shouldn't shouldn't be relying on it yet. Like, nope, maybe nowadays we're okay, but yeah. those days, ugh. they're just too uh, too rubbery. I mean, it's listen, I'm all for taking a big swing, and that's fine. And maybe, and again, if if you just made it like about different characters in the Matrix, we would have been fine with it. <laughs> but yeah, you just can't top what you had. You yeah. Just can't. Yeah. So what are you gonna boof boof? Dish. Yeah, oh man. Yeah. Yappy Magoo. It was just like it was just like someone turned on a commentary track and was like, What's this guy? It's that and the delivery of it was like so so pretentious and, and so condescending that you're you and the audience felt like you were being condescended to. It didn't feel like Neo was being condescended to. It felt like we were being talked down to by this character and you're like, you guys, this is like a dumb Dumb smash movie, like, let's not get carried away. I mean, there were some good visuals in the background of things on the TVs. That's fine. But it was just it was so much. It's it's uh, it's so hard when you've got to do an info dump in your movie and you've got to, like, explain everything. It just reminds me of uh, uh, Legion without, like, spoiling what happens in there. But there's a big info dump at one point and they just have it in a lecture hall and just <laughs> doing things on a chalkboard that turn into animation. Yeah. And it's interesting visually. Sure. But it's still a freaking info dump where you've got to go you might be wondering (laughs) why reality is no i'm not wondering you know what i'm not wondering no have him discover it in the story i'm absolutely not wondering i'm just watching the movie and accepting what i'm watching i don't need to wonder what's happening and yeah the architect like it's an it's a it's a info dump but did we need it like i don't feel like it it heightened my enjoyment of the film or i would have been i would have enjoyed it less or enjoyed it more if i didn't know that information. In fact, I probably would enjoy the movie more if I never had to sit and, and listen to that guy talk for oh, 10 minutes. Okay, and let's just get back to Snake Eyes for one second. Sure. You know what? Hey, Snake Eyes spoilers are coming. 
So <laughs> you already know, spoiled it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like fifteen minutes if you want. Snake Eye spoilers are coming. I don't. I don't recommend watching it. So he goes to the dojo to get the three tests. Yeah. And the first test is just basically like, eh? and it's, it's just like clever and like, yeah. oh, it's going to be like this, is it? And I think it was like, I don't. I hope it was the third test. But like the third test involves mm-hmm. gigantic snakes. Yeah. Like monster. Speaking of bad, bad CGI. So as well. you're telling, okay, so you're telling me like his name is, okay, he goes to the dojo mm-hmm. where they've got the giant snakes. Yep. And, and, and this isn't where you got the name yep. Snake Eyes. Yep. So that's not that's not the thing. Okay. And you guys are the good guys. Right. So I'm just picturing these guys must be the bad guys because, well, obviously, he ends up fighting later an organization called Cobra. Cobra. You yeah. know, yeah. named after Snake. <laughs> uh, so you're telling me just the good guys yeah. coincidentally mm. have giant snakes. Yep. This guy, yep. a good guy, sure. is named Snake. And it's nothing to do... Yeah. With the organization mm-hmm. that he'll be fighting, named after a snake. Yeah. It's just random snakes we've got through this, and there's no conti- there's no theme here. Yeah. Okay, fine. And also, by the way, we have giant magic snakes. They're so, magic snakes. You forgot yeah. to mention that. They're psychic snakes. They're giant too. psychic freaking snakes. What do you feed these things? Also, you clearly, for the good guys, uh, put people through tests here. Yeah. They don't know they're going to be fighting giant snakes. Yeah. And you've watched a lot of people get eaten by giant snakes. Yeah. So you're sacks of shit. Like, you are just <laughs> fucking monsters. So you're not the good guys in any way. Like, I don't see why Cobra is a bad guy in this movie. Like, is it just because we're seeing Snake as the protagonist? I think, that, well, that's it, because... Because there's as, nothing different between as, the two yeah, groups. Yeah, I was going to say, as far, well, I think there's a difference between Cobra, which is like an international terror group. But they, they, who calls them that? Do they call themselves that? Well, I mean, they, the Baroness blew up a train with... With hundreds of people on it to kill one person. It said that in the movie. Yeah. What? That's, who are, who are, okay. Well, how, okay. Wait, you're saying it's just a matter of matter of uh, hundred is uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that because yeah, it feels like how many snakes do they, how many people do they feed to snakes? Well, I know I agree with you because it feels like that organization is just another yakuza. Mm-hmm. It's just a clan, another like clan of of like organized crime. That he's become mixed up in, who have like a purity test, which, by the way, don't go into that cave with a boner. You are doomed. That's right. Don't add another snake to that mix. <laughs> More snakes to that mix. So, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. Do the no. snakes talk? Am I remembering that correctly? They do not talk. No, it is not. It does not reach Harry Potter levels. Of, okay. So, <laughs> I'm reading your heart. Uh, also, okay, sorry. Yeah. The other thing in this is like, mm-hmm. You know, we have the most important MacGuffin. It's it's whatever. It's whatever the Infinity oh Stone is. Oh my God, is. that is. And it's just like we've got it in a safe. Yeah. But but wait, how is it guarded? Oh no, by lanterns. Well, it's guarded by lanterns. We have a lot of lanterns guarding it. Yeah. It's blood locked. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's blood locked. You say? Yeah. So so what happens there? Well, every time I want to open it, I've got to cut myself. Yeah. Bleed on this thing, and they're okay. Like I always thought. That when you have the eye thing, it's stupid because someone's going to cut your fucking eye out yeah. and put your eye up to there. Yeah. It's your hand print. Well, they're going to cut your hand off. They're going to put it here. Yeah. But like, oh, they need a bit of your blood? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, why don't they see you after you floss too hard? And like, <laughs> dip, done. Like, is it hard to get a guy's blood? Apparently not because that's how that's how Mr. Snake gets it. Yeah, no shit. That is super easy to get some blood. That's not that's hard That's the only blood we see all, in the movie. At all. In the slightest. 
And I wouldn't really, I guess it is sort of a MacGuffin, but it's an incredibly destructive thing that's like... Who cleans that afterwards? Is it just got dried blood on it from every time? Because <laughs> it looks like it does. It does because they, they, they looked at it. Yeah. Then they left. And then he sneaks in like one minute after. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even give them time to go down the path before he's already like going inside. Yeah. No wonder Akiko came back. I hope they wouldn't find you here. Okay. Did you bring in reinforcements? No? Just gonna... Oh, you lost the fight. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Where you go, Akiko? Yeah. Should we use those giant sn- snakes to fight anything? <laughs> no, no. They're just a purity test. What? Where did you find them? Mm. Were they here? Did you ship them in? Are there more? What do you feed them normally? And this is one of those awful films where it makes the people, like in this case, Japanese people, talk in English through the whole movie, even though they're in Japan mm-hmm. and are speaking to each other. They're constantly speaking to each other in, in a language that's not their own. Yeah. Because I guess because the audiences want to read it. But hey, if they don't want to read it, then why set it somewhere? In, why set it in Japan then? That's not fair. Yeah, to, you know where G.I. Joe normally is. I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> I was going to say in my backyard. Oh, that's true. Oh, they're so cool. <laughs> so the other thing I love about... Okay, so they introduced Scarlet, a.k.a. Samira Weaving, who is great in Hide and Seek. I mean, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Was, okay, nice. Hide and Seek, the babysitter, a Netflix movie, quite good. She's sure, really sure. Good in that yeah, movie. Uh, agreed. Uh, this film, she's not given much to do. In fact, no. given nothing to do. No, no. But there's a scene where she's talking on the phone to, I guess she's talking to like Tommy and those people as if they're like somehow linked to being like a G.I. Joe organization, but they're not. But anyway, she's talking to them as, mm. as if, and she like puts the phone up on, on, on her purse or whatever. She's, I think she's supposed to be in, like some sort of like glamorous bathroom in some kind of place. But these thugs come in. Yeah. And they're very polite. They're the most polite thugs I've ever met because they all stand and wait for her to finish her phone conversation before they, they start trying to kill no her. No to be a jerk about it. Well, I guess so. I guess you got to kill someone. You gotta be, at least you got to be fair. So yeah, so of course she kills them all or finishes them all off in, in no short order. And then when she comes to the, to the compound and she's supposed to be helping, she immediately gets captured. She, you know, just, she's there for about a minute of screen time and then she's captured. Yeah. And then she's like... You know, she's there and the Baroness is there. Yeah. And things aren't looking good for the Baroness By now. By the way, because... I did kind of like the Baroness. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of liked her. I like, because she was just like evil. Like, I like she was just straight out evil. Like, okay, she seems to be leaning into the cartoony aspect of She this. did. She was good with that part of it, for sure. Yeah. And uh, her boots were crazy that she was wearing. So. Yeah. She had these really like pointy stiletto heels. Well, I like when she has to like, really uh, you practical. know, turn to the other side and just like, you know, oh, all right. Well, the, second, the, the second that's over, okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm well, not... But I mean, the, pro- the thing, the problem with it was though, is there was no reason for for Scarlet to team up with her. Like, yeah. she's not no weapons expert. She's not like a great fighter or anything. She's just some like tactician negotiator who goes around and like, you know. What do you suggest? I think we should blow up the whole train. No, what? <laughs> I'm doing that. There's no reason for that. Oh, I enjoy it. So then. Yeah, so I just oh, I was just I just was frustrated through the whole movie, the whole movie. I was like watching it with my hand and my my head turned sideways, my you know like just like laying down in my seat watching it. By the way, if your setup is the Baroness is such a badass, mm-hmm. she blew up an entire train. Yeah, how hard is it to show a train blowing up? Just have her getting off a train and then you know and then just walking away, cool. Awesome. And then and then and the train goes into a tunnel. Yeah, and then. 
Mm. And you're like, oh, yeah. badass. That would have been good. Instead actually. of someone going, hey, you hear what she did? Yeah. No, it's a movie. Can we show it? No, here, get this. There was a train and she put a bomb in it. Oh, yeah. man, that hey, sounds right. awesome. Could we yeah. see that in a flashback? No. So, uh, yeah, that's what she did. Oh, will she do anything like that in this movie? No. She's, she's, that's not her style. <laughs> she, she's just going to hang out and just gonna shoot hang a couple out. of guns. And then, and then there's a scene where, um, so the reason that uh, Snake Eyes or, or Snake is working with, because it turns out he is betraying Tommy as well. He's actually helping Tommy's evil cousin who wants to get this heartstone thingy that can cause things to blow up and who wants to take over running the, the clan. And so he, Snake is helping him secretly, it turns out, because he still wants his information about who killed his father. Right. And this guy's got it. And so there's just like, this is like the whole linchpin of the film, like this, this guy. And so finally he meets this guy, who of course doesn't remember, remember him, says he's killed lots of people. Yeah. You know, it's just diamond dozen, I don't care. And then... I don't mind that, actually. I like... Oh, no, that's like fine. When you go through a revenge thing and the person that you've made your whole life about, yeah. they're just like, huh? <laughs> I just didn't... Then he finds out he did it under orders from Cobra. Yeah. And then he's like, he frees him, and then he leaves. And I'm like, he's still a murderer. Like, why not leave him chained up and call the police? Like, why are you just leaving him? Like, clear, no, clear, you're free to go. In <laughs> so any often. other movie, then, he would leave and, like, be killed by Cobra or something else. Like, yeah. something would happen. Or, yeah. Yeah, he'd grab a gun or he'd do something. But, yeah. Yeah, that was odd. Like, the, like I'd almost go with that he is now so beyond all this that he's yeah. just like... The only way to break the cycle of violence and revenge. No, no, that that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. But still, the guy is a murderer. He just said, I've murdered so many people, I don't even remember who your dad is. Yeah, well, you've he, got to live with that. And then he just, like, walks away from yeah, I guess that's it. But, I mean... This, what am I supposed to do? This guy's going to go and murder again, though. Will he? Maybe. Yeah, he seems like a... <laughs> guess uh, his coat was looking terrible. Way, here's what years. here's what I would do. Yeah. With because uh, they with the, with the Baroness or something is like uh, just to show that she's badass. Yeah. Is like at one point because you know someone does go into the snake pit with snake eyes, <laughs> unrelated <laughs> to the fact that he's called snake eyes. Is it? <sighs> you know what they should do? Like they should like like he stabs a snake in the eyes or something like oh snake eyes like but no nah, who cares? There's giant snakes down there anyway. But like the the giant snakes judge you if you're pure of heart or, yeah. or not. Yeah. What I would like to do is like uh, so so at one point like uh, the Baroness gets thrown into the pit and the snakes come out and they see her and then they're like oh no no she's she's fine what no she's very pure of heart she <laughs> she believes everything that she's doing right now yeah she's evil but she is pure evil we yeah. respect that we're on her <laughs> side now and then she rides out on a snake and it's like now Cobra's got the giant snakes you fool. <laughs> They just want you to be true to yourself. They, they don't care about... They don't have, like, ethical problems about, like, sorry, what country are you with? What do we care? We're fucking snakes. We just care if you're... If you're... I, I don't think that's true, though, because then they would have been okay with, with Henry Goulding's character um, because his revenge was his... He believed in that entirely. Like, his mm. whole motivation was revenge. And, you know, it wasn't like he was doubting that. Or, yeah. You know, so he failed the test on, on account that his his purity was compromised by... I don't know. I think you're talking snake eyes, like the first, the mm-hmm. first time around. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he had enough doubt in him that it's possible the snakes could sense the doubt, just like it was the doubt that was, you know, and he thinks it was because he was bad, because yeah. he wanted vengeance. Like, no, no. Snakes just want you to be pure of heart. <laughs> we just want you to be pure the, of heart, not. Yeah. Not. We want you to shed the skin 
of you know whatever fear and other stuff you've got in there. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, we'll eat it. We, you know, that's all we that's all we care about. That's our deal. Yeah. So if we don't have I mean, any moral problems with yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry, did you shoot a person? Well, as snakes, we don't like that, right? No, we don't give a fuck. We're snakes. We're giant snakes. Yeah, yeah. I know, but they're giant magical snakes. They're not just oh, they're not giant just snakes. snakes. It's <laughs> just, just snakes. this one thing in a movie that's just like just like all of a sudden there's giant magical snakes. I'm like, well, what else is there in the world? Yeah. Don't yeah. you have any follow-up questions, yeah. snake eyes? Like, where'd you get the snakes? Are there any more snakes? Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to tell me? Is there a giant mongoose out there somewhere? <laughs> well, the problem, it's the problem that you, you know, you often complain about. But yeah, it's a problem. It's Now it's, there's magic in the G.I. Joe world. Mm-hmm. It's not just a world of practical, you know, skill, you know, people who are professional, whether they're mercenaries or soldiers. They're people who have a, you know, have an avocation and practice it. Now there's this weird other element. Yeah. Now, I don't know much about Snake Eyes because I was not a G.I. Joe head. I've read a couple of the comic books written by Larry Hama, who wrote this as well. Um, but it was Snake Eyes... I mean, you don't know. Why well, I'm asking you. But if anyone else <laughs> knows, I know. Was it that kind of thing where when they have a ninja, uh, they make their... They're kind of magical and they, they sense things. And they, they have, like, uh, extrasensory perception based on their ninja abilities. Well, there is there is such a thing as, like, having... It's funny, I'm just reading a book now that was recommended by a listener. And I found it a few years ago. Who will remain ninja. Who will remain ninja. I, I found it a few years ago, and I started reading it, and then I lost it. Or I got thrown out accidentally, or something mm. happened to it. I don't know what happened to the book. Very ninja-like. Very ninja. Disappeared. Disappeared entirely. And so then I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to read the book. But it kind of bugged me because I had started it. And then uh, this past weekend, I went with uh, Lisa and I went over to the island. She had to go there to do some pony club stuff. So I went with her and then I was, went to this book bookstore when I was there and I found the book again. I was like, oh, I'll get that book. So I bought, I bought it and I've been reading it. But in the book, the character has this, and it's not like a psychic sense, but it's the ability to sense the proximity of people near you by whatever you it's just like a sense some people might ha- might have, you know, in the story. I don't know if it's a real thing or just something that this person's making up. It's hard to tell. It's um, I'm gonna guess that the listener doesn't listen to the show anymore. So I'm gonna just say that I've read. This is the second book I've read by this author. The first one was The Iger Sanction, which I thought was okay. I thought it was kind of a very strange book, partly because I didn't realize it was a parody of like James Bond, mm. and so I didn't understand like. The is this one where he climbs the mountain? That's the one where he climbs the mountain. That's they right. based the the Clint Eastwood movie mm-hmm. on. Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. And and like and like the movie, the book, the best part of the book is the mountain climbing sequences. That's the most interesting part right. of it. And this book is kind of the same. This book is the opposite. It has them caving or spelunking, where they're going underground okay. and doing underground climbing. And that's also very fascinating. Like there's a long uh, description of that, where the, the characters go through this long exploration of this. A network of tunnels and, and caves, and it's really fascinating. Just like the stuff about the Iger is fascinating in the, in the other book. But at the same time, these books have this icky snobbishness, this sense of superiority. The character, the main character, is always like the perfect love maker, <laughs> and they're really misogynistic. And how they, the women are always like just there for sex. Yeah, they're always objects of 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 attention or attraction. Right. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not of themselves, like have any kind of skills or anything that are interesting. No. And, and I was reading, I was thinking like, 
Is this like, am I reading incel literature? Like, this would be really popular sure, when you're sure. a teenager. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what these books are written you want, for. You want the woman that you don't respect to say, you're the best at sex. You're the best, Thank yeah. you for telling, telling, you know, for, for sexing me. That's, that's I right. enjoyed this sex. Here's <laughs> my comment card. <laughs> that's right. Ooh, five stars. It's, yeah, and it just would feels recommend. like... recommend. It feels like the kind of book that you'd read as a kid because it's it's full of, like, you know, this character who is above the the... the the, the the rabble above yeah. the crowd you know and and when you're a teenager of course you want to feel like i'm above the crowd i'm above the rabble i'm like this character i'm this potential cave climbing ninja skilled whatever you know uh, expert lovemaker guy and of course no one is so why why worry about it but yeah it's just it's just a weird or maybe you have an off day maybe you're a little tired maybe you can't oh man. no no, you always have to do the deliver the goods. The something of the razor. I can't remember what it's called. And the because I got to the I got to the sex scene and, and I was just like, you know, my eyes just went looking for dialogue, looking for dialogue. Oh, here we go. Let's start reading from here. I don't yeah. need to. I don't need these descriptions. That's what I was saying earlier. It's as embarrassing as reading a scene of lovemaking. I just I'm just find it like. And by the way, let me just I don't talk get to, it. Let me talk to James Bond for a second. Yes, please. Uh, James Bond, look. I know they all say that you know, no one does it better and all this kind of stuff. They say that. Yeah. By the way, that's not what people say <laughs> if things are working out. You know, they don't go, that was good. Like, if they say that afterwards, mm, probably wasn't. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's kind of a goes without saying situation. Um, but fair enough. Fair enough. Let's just make uh, sure, you know, every woman that you're talking about there, uh, they're liars. That's what they're. They're almost all professional liars, right? Right? Because when you met them, they were lying to you. Now you somehow think they're not lying now. Mm. This professional liar. Yeah. You know, who knows? I'm dangerous. And I might protect them. They're all saying that you're great at this uh, sexing stuff, James. Good for you. Um, There might be a motivation that they have for that, James. Are you telling me that Ivana... Be on the top of it was lying to James Bond. Yeah, what are you saying? Oh. Ivana hug and kiss. <laughs> yeah, and the, I always had a theory with James Bond. By the way, with the sex uh, and James Bond, uh, I don't say I always had it. I had it once since I saw Casino Royale, uh, and I mean that the the second one, the good one, uh, when um, uh, Hannibal Lecter ties him to the chair and just starts roping his uh, business underneath and smacking him in the junk. When you said Hannibal Lecter, I was mainly thought Anthony Hopkins, and I was like, what? What movie was this? Okay. <laughs> no, from the TV show Hannibal. Yes. Mads, uh, Mads, Mads, Mads Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Where they made him fold in uh, his uh, testicles. Yeah. And they made, it was like, Nixon? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not picturing... Actually, folding in a thing of testicles that makes a picture of Richard Nixon, and I—I I don't know what the setup is. It's like a real, yeah, expo- you know, a, yeah. a lot of exposition. But then it just—it just folds into her. It goes, he's nuts. <laughs> sure. Anyway, I was not like uh, when he was doing the rope business. <clears throat> it sounded like he was really doing some damage down there. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, he like did something to his uh, man bits. That makes him like it actually was a positive. Yeah. Like I don't know what he did that sculpted things, but it like bent in odd ways and like broke things and and got rejiggered. And it was basically like his genital superhero origin story oh. of just like this yeah. like tragedy of like yeah. when you get the rope uh, over and over again sure, so, sure. so many times uh, that like hey now you know what actually 
ladies kind of like it. Well, Whatever the freakish... He, but that, he's got it, a freaky... He was so, it was so numb that there's no sensation, so he could just last forever. Could be. But yeah. I think, yeah, he's got some freaky-deaky business sure. down there right now. Sure. Um, you know, maybe it looks like a, a seven. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it would, because like his testicles would be the double O. Yeah. And then his penis is, is shaped like a seven now. And mm -hmm. that's why they call him double O seven. It all makes sense. For sure. It all makes sense. That's why it's his, that's his code name. All right. Well, I took you way off the topic. We were, you're you're, you're poo-pooing the idea that someone could sense someone was nearby earlier. Oh, I mean, you can, well, your regular senses can do that. Are you saying there's a, a, like a sixth sense that would uh, pick up on the, the person? In or this, is it just a heightened version of like the, your other senses? In this story, it suggested that there are some people who have the ability to sense the closeness of people. Uh, I don't know how they can do it. but Okay. Well, I mean... There's so many other senses, though. It's like mm -hmm. there's smell and there's, there's <laughs> hearing. There's changes in temperature. Yeah. Like basically sure. every one of your other senses would tell you if someone was nearby. Mm -hmm. Are you talking like uh, like there's a person looking at you from a building across the street and you're not looking at them, but you've got you now like, ah, oh, they're, they're there. Is that what they're referring to? Or they're in a room with you and uh, you can sense that they're in the room with you because you can never not make no noise right <laughs> i think in the in the story he's like he's in solitary for part of the story okay <clears throat> and, and then someone sneaks into solitary no someone goes to come to visit him but he knows they're in the building before he oh, can hear them oh they're, they're always in the building oh, yeah okay that's a that's some kind of psychic business yeah maybe i don't know all right it's not presented that way in the story do i believe that would exist in real life i probably do not believe that no do you believe that he can please all women do no. I believe the guy that uh, Clint Eastwood climbed that mountain with uh, could do that? No, I don't. <laughs> George, George Kennedy? I don't believe George Kennedy could climb that mountain. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't either. Not a climber. Mm -mm. Although, Alex Hornold, the guy, the guy from Free Solo, who climbed El Capitan at Yellowstone right. without a rope, yep. like a lunatic, um, he says that's the best movie for showing, like, most realistically climbing. Sure. Like he says, that's like, it's just a great movie to watch if you're a climber. But uh, yeah, other movies he's, he's not as kind to. I mean, he likes them, but he's... he's Did not care for Cliffhanger? He's, he's fine with it. It's just it's not realistic. Like, mm -hmm. There's no gun that shoots uh, pythons into the rock so you can attach things to them. So it'd be great if there was, but there is no such thing. So. It feels like that gun would blow you backwards off a mountain. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the case. Right? If it had that much... Yeah, yeah. For sure, it could shoot... Like metal into rock. It was, yeah, it was, then you would yeah. be blown backwards off the yeah, mountain. Yeah, you sure. would not be. Uh, I mean, in the movie, he's standing like he's he's bent over doing it into the uh, floor of a cave. But yeah, yeah, Ugh, cliffhanger. It feels like with sorry with back to snake eyes. Yeah, you got the giant snakes. We do. And when I saw the giant snakes, just because I've seen the trailer for Shang Chi, and there's a dragon in, in there, and I'm like, oh, okay. So your conceit is there's living in a world of dragons, mm -hmm. and it's like because it's, it's Marvel, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. But, but, really, the elastic world. But, but I yeah. yeah, you're right. I can't wrap my head around it in GI Joe world. No, it's like no. no. It's dumb. No, it's like a vampire shows up. No, <laughs> is a vampire show up in yeah. Marvel world? Yeah, right. Something I could figure it. Out. Sure. Yeah. See what I like about GI Joe Retaliation, besides Jonathan Price's over the top performance, yeah. is oh I, yes, fun. What I like is when characters. Like, get down to business and do their jobs without a lot of fuss. By the way, Snake Eyes was shot in Vancouver. I know. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, it's 
quite obviously there's scenes where he's racing underneath around BC Place. The tunnels around BC oh, Place sure. on his okay. motorcycle. No, I did not know that. All right. Yeah. Sorry. It, so it stands in for Tokyo quite often. Please, please continue. And then they went to Japan. Okay. And so, yeah, it was, it was filmed in Japan. It was filmed in Tokyo. Filmed uh, um, somewhere in LA as well, I think, for this, for a little bit of it. Anywho, so, so um, yeah, like in J.J. Retaliation, so... They lose like a big part of their the, the Joe force, right? Like right. Channing Tatum and Channing Tatum is gone. And oh, it seems like a mistake. It does seem like a mistake. But what's fun is those characters have to like figure out how to get out of that situation, and they do it like in a realistic, you know, semi-realistic way. This is obviously silly, but but you know, they do it within the confines of the movie. They're like do their jobs. They get it done. They they push forward. They you know, I really like that. Like that's what I that's that's something I like in movies. I like watching people like do their jobs in a in a pro- professional way with you know like the skill and blah 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 like i like it in literature as well there was a uh, the book rascal do you know that book rascal i, I just know the raccoon version is that what you're yeah that's about? raccoon okay. there's a scene in the book where they he, they take rascal to a leather guy who does leather work and he makes a, a collar and leash for rascal so that they can take him for walks and stuff like that and there's like a two-page description of making this collar. And it goes into all this detail of, of doing leather work. Nice. And I read that sequence like a hundred times in grade, <laughs> grade seven, I guess, was when I read that book. And I would just read it over and over again. I just love the description of that, that one part of the book. I just thought it was great. And for whatever reason, I just really like that aspect of, of like, this, you know, like someone was asking a little while ago, like, what's a movie that most people don't like that you love? Mm. And... For, I was thinking, I couldn't think of one at the time. And I was driving home last night with the girls and I, I brought up Battle Los Angeles. Like, that's a movie I have seen like five times. The one with. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've seen it. Who, I'm sure you have. Who's, who's the lead in that? Uh, I'll look it up. I was the guy, looking, I was the guy who the plays Two Face in, in The Dark Knight. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. No, 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 no. The, the Dark Knight. The uh, oh, Christopher uh, Nolan one. Yes, sorry. I was about to go like Billy D. Williams. No, Something with, different... His last name starts with an E, I think. Uh, yeah, Aaron. Uh, Eckhart, Aaron, yeah. yeah. So it has Aaron Eckhart, he's like a Marine sergeant, and then there's this alien invasion of, of Los Angeles, and he and his plucky gang of, uh, of soldiers, have, Marines, have to go out and, 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 and end this thing. And the movie, you know, obviously, once again, it's this corny, bra- brava- crazy bravado, but for whatever reason, I just love the soldieriness of it. I just love how serious they are as soldiers fighting this absolutely insane thing. <laughs> and I just love, like, like the, you know, the movie, because in the movie, they, just, they you know, they... they when they put that in quotation marks there's still a cleanup to do and they're like you know the, the guys are like well you can rest now you've done your jobs and they're like nope we're soldiers we have to go it again and i'm like yeah you do have to go it again because you are a soldier <laughs> and i love that i just this is that's i just love that kind of stuff in a movie and i just yeah i've seen that movie like i remember watching the theater and i left my friend was just kind of like eh, it was okay and i was like that was great <laughs> and i have literally watched it like five other times and i hardly ever watch movies more than once but it's just a movie that i can just put on any time and watch or any spot in the movie and watch it for a bit and enjoy it. We, um, uh, a friend of ours was watching Jupiter Ascending and was live tweeting mm, it. My and, condolences. And uh, and uh, I went like, you know, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. <laughs> and so I got convinced by, by Pia to, to watch it. Yeah. I, I liked it. Really? I, did. I liked it this time oh, around. Oh, yeah. I tried to watch it. Like, oh, I, maybe, I know. Maybe it's a tone. I just couldn't get past Yeah, the... yeah, yeah. You got to kind of just go, all right, let's see it. <laughs> Do I have to watch this guy act through the whole movie? Oh, boy. oh uh, Tatum? No, no, the British actor who's... Uh, yeah, the guy who uh, does the soft voice and then the, the loud voice. <laughs> yeah. And then I just will kill them all! 
it's it's fun because when no, I was watching him, I was like, I guess it's fun. What did he do? What was he training for at this time? And it's like, oh, he was doing the J.K. Rowling movies. And like, oh, oh, he's doing Voldemort. He's doing Voldemort. Like it's it's almost exactly the same voice. It's uh, the listen, Mister Potter. We're going to destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This, this I know. Too much for me. On I the just... surface, it's so different than mm. anything you've seen. Mm. That's just like, well, this is like crap. I. I want to like it. Like I really admire right, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Wachowskis. How far did you get in? The Jupiter went as, as far as like um, she was on some planet talking to some lady, and they're like at a, a at a fountain or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I, I I get it. I get it. I got a fair ways into it, and yeah. it's just kind of like, nah. Yeah. I've invested a lot of my life in this. Is no battle, Los Angeles. That's what I said. Fair enough. Look, I again, I want to like a Wachowski's movie too, and because uh, it's an original idea, and it's like there, it's like yeah. a crazy concept, and they're just putting it out there, and I, you know, so I yeah. want to like it because I, you know, I, I feel like we live in in this kind of like too many IPs right now, like too many, yeah. you know, intellectual properties that all we're watching, like I, you know, and Mia Culpa, I was at Snake Eyes last night, watching which was uh, Hasbro. written by. Hasbro. Yes, Hasbro. <laughs> Has been. And it... By the way, I would like, by the way, at some point, one of the G.I. Joes to turn to the other and just go, hey, man, we're Hasbros. Hasbros! <laughs> that would be good. They're Hasbros. Yeah. I also wish they would have said annoying is half the battle, but they never did. Yeah. Like, come on. You got one tagline. Yeah, well, now we know where they are. Well, that's half the battle. That would be great! People would just like, woo! <laughs> And remember, drugs suck. Okay. Too far. Too far. Too far. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> that would be funny if, like, the snakes, by the way, came up at the end. So we all had a lot of fun today. <laughs> but you know what isn't fun? <laughs> Vaping. <laughs> it can take your breath away. <laughs> Stay safe, kids. <laughs> and now you know. <laughs> and knowing it's half the battle. <laughs> Go, Joe! <laughs> Nothing like that. No. So we just got them putting his uniform down onto the in front of him. Here you go. Here's your uniform. Whoa! That's where he got it from. That's where he got it from. Well, then maybe maybe God. I can still be okay with not liking Speed Racer. Though people are liking Speed Racer now. There's people who are like, oh, yeah. Well, this is what happens to any generation, right? Like the, there's movies you saw that you went never ending story, but and then there's kids who watched it over and over again because they got their parents bought it for them on on video. Or it was at yeah. their grandma's house, or they saw it somewhere that, at the cabin or whatever, and they watched it umpteen times, and it's just like in, in their DNA. Sure, sure. And they love it. And they love the monkey. And look, here's the thing. They, every time that kid and that monkey showed up, I just got, it just made me ill. I just was so angry. And then the final, like the credits, it's them dancing and having a good time. I'm like, no! You do not get to have a good time. I didn't have a good time. You don't get to have a good time. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, so yeah, this is a generational thing where, sure. you know, like, it's like, well, it's kind of like, um, you know, watching the monkeys. Like, if you're a serious music fan in the 60s, you did not like the monkeys. They were the prefab four. They were a made up band. They were like sure. a bunch of actors pretending to be musicians. Blah, not real, fake, you know, but then my generation watched them grow as a sitcom, and, you know, in the afternoon after Gilligan's Island or whatever. And so I think they're great, you know. But I know, like, David M. has a hard time with the monkeys. Like, he likes them, but not quite can go all the way. Just because there's that little feeling of, like, I'm trying not to think real. if there's anything parallel to that where 
you know, like some, because there's been enough like fake bands in TV shows, mm-hmm. but they haven't then stuck around together afterwards and done more music together yeah. when the show was done. Yeah. And then like do weird kind of weird songs that you would not expect them to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so many of those bands, like none of those bands like took the reins of their career and started doing, doing it on their own, like took away, like got rid of their music director mm-hmm. and then just started doing it on their own, you know, like. And even though they still like continue using session musicians and outside writers and stuff like that, they weren't doing it at the behest of someone else. There was their own just choices they were making, you know. Yeah. And yeah, the Partridge family didn't go on tour afterwards. Yeah. And the Partridge family didn't make Head. Mm-hmm. They didn't make this bonkers movie. Like, right? They did weird stuff <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, no one, no one got weirder than the Bradys, but yes, <laughs> Head was a weird next. Step. Yeah, but I mean, the Brady, the, the weird stuff about the Bradys is it. Well, I guess it is pretty weird. It's pretty freaking weird. <laughs> when you get into it, it gets really weird. I mean, because they're just milking it, though. I mean, it's just milking it weird. Not like head is like a deconstruction of the monkeys. Like it's a tearing down about sure. of that thing. Like it's kind of like, well, you thought you liked it. You liked it for this reason. Those reasons weren't good. There's, you know, you know. Let's show yeah. you some other. Let's show you some. That's the first that's movie. That's what you got to do as rebels. You know, is to yeah. rebel against yourself. But I think the first it was the movie first that film that showed footage of Vietnam. Like that showed oh. like the like uh, violent scenes of Vietnam and stuff like that. That's so like it, you know, it was putting itself out there. Also, it was written by Jack Nicholson. That's kind of weird too. Yeah, he shows up in things that you don't expect. Um, Just part of that scene. Yeah. So okay. So when people went to see Head, not very many did, but yeah. Okay, but you know, people want you know. I like the monkeys. Let's go see Head. <laughs> and so you see Head, and then yeah. and when they came out, did they go? What? Huh? What was that about? Yeah. What was the situation there? What's what's going on? Was it confusing? Yeah. Was it upsetting? I don't. I don't. Well, it didn't really have a lot of people come to see it, and so I, I think it was kind of um, bad mouth at the time by people. It's one of the once again one of those films where, it, in retrospect, it's developed a reputation. Not at the time. At the time, it was written off as being pretentious and phony and you know a, a too far reach and and you know no, who cares about this band? And by that point, their TV show was canceled. Yeah, that's the thing. And so, yeah, so was it supposed to go at the same time as the TV show? I'm not too sure what was happening. I mean, it was it was produced by the same people who produced the TV show and directed by the same people who were producing the TV show? Okay, so the budget was uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's pretty good. Yeah, th- that was the budget. Mm-hmm. Budget. So, how much do you think it made at the box office? Uh, at that time, I'm going to say hundred thousand. It made sixteen thousand uh, dollars. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty much like technically sixteen thousand one hundred eleven. It was pretty much per- perfect, purposefully sabotaged by the filmmakers as well. Okay, like that the ads they had for it featured like this guy who wasn't even in the movie, like this is kind of very like homely guy with glasses that had a head written on his forehead. That was their commercials for it. Like they're just like completely. They didn't like mention the monkeys. They didn't talk about. They didn't show the monkeys that they're you know like it was purposefully. Sabotage so was, by it, the was, it, was it a drug reference like a, like a similar to a head shop that would be like head I don't know if that was like or, a popular uh, term Harold head yeah you know it was a comic strip that was in the Georgia Strait here and that was a druggy kind of comic strip like is was that like a wink wink I mean in the movie they are uh, a lot of I think they discovered that they're actually on the head of of an actor a Victor mature Victor mature big Victor yeah yeah so yeah. I don't know if that's a reference to that. I well, really I don't. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. I don't. That's know. also, yeah. Uh, but I don't know for sure. It just feel it feels like 
if I saw a magazine and it was like head, yeah, you know, and it was of this. What when did this actually come out? Uh, 68. Sixty-eight. Yeah, sixty-eight. If yeah. I saw a magazine and it had the name head, it would yeah. be like, well, this is a drug magazine. There's no. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Like, I mean, head shops and stuff. I'm not sure if there were like. I guess people were heads of the time, like acid heads and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry Gar's in it. Mm-hmm. Tony Basil does choreography and dances with Davy Jones in it. And it's weird when you think like that, how long Basil's been talking. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annette Funicello, it says here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sonny Liston. Frank Zappa has a little cameo. Very good cameo. <laughs> Very good use of, uh, of Frank Zappa. Well, he was also on the TV show as well. He did. Uh... Oh, what did he do on the TV show? Uh, he remember. was in like in, near the end of the show. He and um, he and well, he and Mike. Mike is dressed as as uh, Frank Zappa, and Frank Zappa is dressed as Mike. And then they, to, uh, I can't remember what song they use. They use like a Mother's Invention song and they, they smash up a car, or smash up an old Volkswagen or a new Volkswagen, I guess, at the time. But yeah, so. And uh, what did Jack Nicholson play? In the movie? I don't remember. He played director. Okay, okay. In, uh, in, uh, so he's Bob, he's Bob Raffleson. Uh, and uh, Dennis Hopper was also in that. Mm, well, they're all like playing what? himself. They're all buddies. They all kind of came out of the American International thing. Not not Bob Raffleson, but I mean, they kind of that was an incredibly hip group of people at the time. Like Peter Fonda was part of that scene. You know, he was in like teen teen biker movies and stuff that were AI movies. And then, of course, Jack Nicholson was working as a writer. Has a little bit of a role in in uh, the uh, uh, what is it called? The Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, he's the uh, in the dentist. In the dentist chair. That's right. Yeah. And, and then, and then it's weird because then Bob Raffleson goes on to make like five easy pieces, and and then Nicholson's in that, and that start that starts his acting career. Yeah, no, it's it's nuts. It's a weird it's a weird thing that where the monkeys what started with the monkeys is weird. Yeah, they have a they have a special. I have it called Thirty Three and One Thirds Revolution per Monkey. Okay. I have the DVD, but I've never watched it. I don't know why. I just can never bring myself. I think because it's the last thing I could ever watch that has the monkeys in it. Oh. And so I don't want to like watch it because then I'll then I'll have nothing left to see that's new for from them. I was trying to think like where I'd seen him recently, and uh, it was like yeah, he was in uh, the Andy Griffith Show. He did two episodes of the Andy Griffith Show. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, he has a little role in a. In a Francis Ford Coppola film too, as well, right? Like, I remember it's under Francis Ford. I think it is a Francis Ford Coppola film where he's like a, a French soldier who ends up at this mansion and there's ghosts and things like that. It's a very confusing mm. film because it was made up of it was using sets that were left over from doing the Raven and also used some footage that was left over from the, from those films from the Poe films that Corman had filmed and just to use up the footage, uh, they he got uh, Francis Ford Coppola to make make a horror movie based around that around this existing footage well here's one more bit of trivia then okay so nicholson of course an easy rider we've discussed that mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. but who was originally supposed to be an easy rider who did nicholson replace was it rip torn that's correct yeah yeah playing the the lawyer or the yeah the, i guess he's supposed to be like a law student or whatever in the film uh, we gotta get back to doing trivia nights <laughs> that's where the big money is <laughs> the big bowling trophies yeah nuts uh, here's the thing. Uh, so uh, he was cast by, and we're talking about Nicholson here. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of trivia. Sure. Uh, he was cast by Stanley Kubrick, who was impressed. Easy writer. Okay. Uh, to play the uh, uh, ju- big historical part. Oh, Napoleon. There we go. Yeah. That's a long time uh, dream project for, for Kubrick that he never, never got made. But yeah, he was always wanting to make it. I think partly what stymied him was they made. They did a Napoleon film like Waterloo, I think it's called, with with Rod Steiger, 
And I think he felt like kind of stepped on his project. And so then he had to like do other things to kind of distance himself from it. And I guess the closest he got was doing Barry Lyndon, which has, mm. has uh, warfare of that time period in it, of the early, 18th, early 1800s. And yeah, I don't, I'm not a huge Kubrick fan, but. So who should Jack Nicholson have played in G.I. Joe? Jack Nicholson? Who should he play in G.I. Joe? Like now Jack Nicholson or, or then Jack Nicholson? Oh, I say then Jack Nicholson. Then Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, he would have, should have had like the Channing, Channing, Tatum, uh, Channing Tatum part. Yeah, right? that's, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then he would have done the same thing. He wouldn't want to have been in the sequel and would have got a letter. Boom. <laughs> I mean, if you're doing... Look, it had The Rock in it. It was fine. Look, you got The Rock? Yeah. The Rock. Yeah. The Rock and then they had the actress who was in uh, Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was in it as Lady Jane. She does a great... Or Lady J, I should say, who does a great, great oh, okay. job in that film. Michelle was... No, I'm not thinking. Who am I thinking about? Uh, oh. I can't remember her name, but you know who I mean. The, I do. The, the fighty girl. Who, yes. Who was apparently supposed to get a, a different show with, with the British guy, and then they canceled it. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. She played uh, Mockingbird. Uh, okay, yeah, in the, yeah. In, in the thing. and was yeah. in the uh, pilot episode of Supernatural as uh, other guy's girlfriend. Okay, ends up burning on a ceiling. Yeah, just trying to see who was. Uh, yeah, Bobby Morse. Is her name, and it's uh, Adrian Lee uh, Palicki. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yes. I guess the Lee is a new thing, so that's not how she was credited. Okay, originally. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yep, she was originally uh, Adrian uh, Palicki. That's correct. But yeah, she's a mocking a mockingbird, and in the comics, that character is married to Hawkeye, or oh. at least for a while. Okay, then they get a divorce. What a world! Because she goes into the past, some bad stuff happens, and uh, <laughs> she ends up killing a guy, oh. killing the original Ghost Rider, not Ghost Rider the Skull Ghost Rider, Ghost oh. Rider, just a guy. Ghost Writer, the guy who wrote did a lot of books for people who sure, yeah. fair enough, mm-hmm. but also a cowboy dressed all in white. Uh, she kills him. Hawkeye can't get over it. And uh, they uh, get a divorce. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, he, he, he you know who could have got over it? Green Arrow. Yeah, he's not one of them. He's, he's Actually, one. he's really one of the judges. That's a judgy fucker. He's a Green Arrow. <laughs> yeah, here's what Green Arrow would say. Yeah. Uh, Green Arrow would go like, Mockingbird? That sounds a lot like uh, Black Canary. Come on. <laughs> do you have to do everything like Copycat? And, and uh, they go, shut up. And then punch him in the face. Can I ask you a question about the TV show Invincible? You can, yeah. Did you see it? Did you watch it? I did. So I've now, read, I've read uh, about a third of the comics, too. Okay. So now, spoilers, everyone. But this is from the first episode. It's not crazy spoilers. but So in the, in the movie, there's like a... Movie? You mean TV show? TV show. There's like um, sort, of a, a, sort of an analog of the Justice Society. Like, so we have our Batman, we have our Wonder Woman. Justice League, yeah. Or Justice League, sorry. We have our Batman, Wonder Woman, stuff like oh, that. you're correct that Batman was in the Justice Society, so it was Wonder Woman. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but... That's not, that's not incorrect. So, <laughs> thank God. So then... Though Wonder Woman was just the secretary, because it was back in that day. I want to keep my nerd cred. And they didn't have Superman and Batman in the Justice Society a lot, because they had their own comics, so mm-hmm. they put them off to the side. But go, keep, please fair, continue. Fair. So, um... But there's okay. So then there's like John Jones, Martian, Martian Hunter, or Man, Martian Manhunter, correct? It's called. And then and some other characters. Okay. You know, Flash, a Flash analog. But there's one guy who gets his head torn off. Mister Immortal. 
That's Mr. Immortal. I believe so, yeah. From the DC world. He's Mr. Immortal. No, 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 no. And I think he's called Mr. Immortal in the uh, Oh, in that in, thing. Invincible. But is there like a is there a DC analog to that character? Who would uh, uh, be torn apart and yeah. then uh, brought together? Yeah. I don't think there's a DC analog. Yeah. Uh, I think you could uh, equate them with superpower-wise with Wolverine. Uh, who has a healing factor? Not really the same though, because he's like almost like a god. So I was wondering if it was like one of the new gods or something. But in the... no, I don't think so. I think that one was just kind of a make him up. There mm. is actually. Oh, did I just say his name was Mister Immortal? Yeah, because I think there's a there's also a Marvel character called Mister Immortal who's part of the Great Lakes Avengers, and his power is just that he can't die and mm. really would like to die. He's okay, not, he's not great. <laughs> uh, I remember the team is like Flatman, who's just like. People sometimes think he's like Mr. Fantastic. He's like, no, I can just make myself flat. The powers aren't great. <laughs> Mid- um, mid-level superhero. Yeah, player. there's one guy called the Grasshopper who keeps dying and then is replaced by another person who's the Grasshopper. Mm. Then they die. And then, wow. Yeah. Bad bad luck all around. Uh, Immortus, I think his name. Oh, wait, is it Immortus? No, shit. Because Immortus <laughs> is General Immortus. It's a different thing. Okay. Anyway, no, I don't think there's a... A direct parallel okay. between that character. Okay, that's that's fine. We were just talking about it at work today, so I've I talked other people into watching it. So and what do they think? Really like it. Really like it. Yeah, I think it's better than the boys. I think it's the first. And I like it. I like the boys. It's one of the few TV series where I think. And look, you know, you you, uh, you like it. You like a TV series. And you're like, oh, I want to read the comic. And you read the comic and you go like, it's good. And you like and then you like it for its own thing. Yeah. But it's not the TV series. Yeah. I want to see the TV series in a comic. Yeah. Invincible is the TV series in a comic. Like it's the same thing. It's the same it's thing, the, yeah. It's yeah. basically, yeah. Well, it's, it's, there might be some, some very it's minor It's produced fixes. by the writer. It's produced by the writer. And I guess, yeah, he... I'm sure there's some a little bit of updates and, and things of like that. You know. But no, it's a, it's a good show. And a good work by the actors who are in the show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I think, didn't Seth Rogen produce that? Seth Rogen was one of the producers, yeah. Yeah, he also produced uh, Preacher, and uh, the guy works hard, and he makes vases, and good for him. (laughs) And by the way, uh, and with Evan Goldberg, yes, you gotta say that, that's his partner, does all the things. Yeah, I'm trying to see what what was the name of the immortal character in that, but, eh, I don't know. Oh, Oh, wait, The Immortal. Oh, The Immortal, yeah. And that's uh, Guardians of the Globe. Yeah, the immortal. He went. Yeah, he fought uh, in the Crusades, and uh, he um, be- became. Oh, he was also Lincoln. He was also Lincoln. Oh, that might be a spoiler. Sorry, he was Lincoln. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So I guess when he got shot in the head, he just healed afterwards. Yeah. And, well, can't be president. Anymore. Can't be president. <laughs> That's the end Move of that. On. But yeah, the other ones are a War Woman, who I guess would be Wonder Woman. Yeah. Green Ghost. Uh, well, uh, so she's got like ghost powers. So I guess Spectre. You, I guess you go Spectre or Green Green Lantern. Mm. Yeah, uh, Martian Man, Duh, Martian Manhunter, <laughs> Red Rush, yeah, Flash, Darkwing, yeah, Batman, and Aquarius. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Please. Yeah, that all that makes sense. All right. And of course, in, in the show, Aquarius is a bit of a joke, which seems to be a, a running theme the with running the fishy fish power. Yes, fish-powered the running characters. theme is Aquaman's a joke. Yeah. Where you know, kind of controls could, all the fish. Guy who can talk to fish. I mean, why would why would that be a joke? There's a lot of fish, man. <laughs> they will fuck you up. I guess it's like rat catcher. Doesn't yeah. seem like much of a doesn't seem like much of a of a skill until you call all the rats. Yeah. And, you're like, oh, boy. and then he drops a whale on you, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> who's laughing now? Yeah, there. We'll see what they do with Namer in, uh, in in Marvel. See if they can make him cool. They tried their best. The, the, the one problem with like Aquaman to me in the DC movies is they try so hard to make him cool. 
like everything is so slow mo mm, and yeah, drinking yeah. whiskey <laughs> and just like just he's so yeah. so cool. There's nothing uncool about him, and yeah. that makes him not that cool. Makes him not that cool because you know the thing they don't you forget is that while he's walking slow mo and drinking whiskey, they're playing Nickelback. <laughs> so you're just like, whoops, not not cool, dude. I'd, I'd forgotten that, but that's how you remind me. <laughs> So uh, you said you said Namor. I was thinking that there was a person who named things, but you mean Namor, the 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 uh, sub uh, whatever the submariner. Yeah. yeah. Who will pe- people will read and go submariner because it looks like <laughs> that must be what it is, right? Sounds like someone talking from experience. That's right. <laughs> I've well, only seen it written. He's laughing maniacally. Yeah. He hasn't gotten a lot of time in like cartoons and stuff. People really didn't really get on board with well, him. Well, you know, he wears a speedo. Hard to get around. If, you know what? If they gave him a German accent and that speedo, I would go. I would be all in on that character. And he's got a weird origin in that you know, after World War II, he lost his memory and then became homeless for decades. Hmm. You know, until Johnny Storm uh, went into a men's shelter and went, "Hey, is that Namor?" And then just like took his flamey finger yeah. and burned his beard off. Which, okay. Yeah. You would think would Pretty. piss a guy off. Well. Like, both one of his best friends in the past and one of his greatest enemies was the Human Torch of the time. Okay. And now you got a Human Torch there. First of all, also, uh, he doesn't do good with fire. And like, oh, you just, <laughs> you're like, fuck anyone. Like, if someone came up to you yeah. and just went, give me a second, Dave, yeah. I'm going to give you a shave. Yeah. And then took out a lighter and just lit your face on fire. If you go to, I think it's in Turkey. They, yes, they cut hair with fire. They cut hair with fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't, you know, you know what's good? Scissors. You know what? Quit judging other cultures. I no, I do judge. <laughs> scissors. They work great. Uh, scissors works fine. <laughs> scissors are great. <laughs> By the way, I understand. I've yeah. seen you give yourself a flamey haircut. I have done that. Yeah. Yeah. How many times? This is a few times. Okay, that's that's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> Why is it a lot? What's well? What is it like? I don't, first of all, yeah. the correct number is never, right? <laughs> yeah, so when you right. say a few, right. don't do this is that place. less yeah. than 10, more than 10? Yeah, less than 10. Less, yeah. than, less 10. than five. Less, less than, than five. Yeah, yeah. I cannot get any more specific. Did it ever go that. wrong? No. I still have my hair. Well, no, you don't. You have new hair. I have new hair, but <laughs> if I had burned if I'd burned my hair off, you, there would have been some scalp damage and possibly okay, no more hair Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, it was a controlled burn. <laughs> Sure, and like, and and it's it's healthy sometimes to burn some of the hair just yeah. so that more comes in. Well, that's and right. You do have a lovely head of hair right now, so who who's to judge? That's exactly the case. And you know, you don't know. I might have had like a full on hair fire, and luckily I'd had I put a break, you know, a fire break in my hair. Yeah, hairline. So I prevented that from happening as well. Sometimes kids like to play in your hair with matches. They just set a little <laughs> little tiny fire in there. Yep. And they forget to put it out. They forget. Yep. Morning. They wake up in the morning and there's smoke everywhere. Yeah. Like what is that? Ah, oh, hair's on fire Uh-oh. again. Yep. But that, that's kids. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Kids will be kids. Hey, this weekend, mm-hmm. I went to the island. Well, to, what what island is that? I went to Vancouver Island. I don't know. There's too many there. Oh, I guess there are a lot of islands. I didn't go to one of the Gulf there's Islands. There's many. There are many Some Gulf places, Islands. There's a thousand. That's where the he, dressing comes from. He, well, that's in the the uh, St. Lawrence, so. Okay. I didn't didn't go that far. I don't know. <laughs> okay. No, I went to the I went to Vancouver Island because Lisa had some pony club stuff to do, so okay. I, I zipped over there. And but when I say zipped, what I mean is it was a disaster all around. Oh, but please tell so us that the was, story. That was fun. That was the most fun of the trip. Well, did you ferry over there? We did take the ferry. That's the only way to get there. 
and uh, if you if you take a take a plane oh yeah oh i see what you're saying but no that seems crazy so yeah we took the took the ferry over drove there so the problem was like i hadn't packed the night before because we did the show and then i went home and i edited the show and got it ready to go sort of because it turned out i didn't check it when i was done and it something happened when i was updating it but anyway it doesn't matter so then um uh when so i was you know i went to work the next day and i got home and i was I was like so sick feeling. Oh. Like I was like had heat exhaustion and I wasn't even worked that long. Like we started at six in the morning. And by midday I was like I felt this like blah. But I like I was like looking at my watch like, well I got an hour left. I'll just just finish off the day and I'll go home and, and have a rest. So, you know, twelve thirty came because we started early, so we got out to twelve thirty and I, I zipped home and I could barely stand up in the shower. Just so sick feeling. And it was a very fluy feeling too. I had like some flu symptoms. And then, which I won't go into, but I had some flu symptoms. And then I just crashed in bed and I said to Lisa, wake me up before you go, go. No, I said, wake me up when it's time for us to go. And so she decided when we had to leave at quarter after three, she woke me up at three. So it was just like five after three to be out, to be exact. So I, had, I was just like, jumped out of bed. I was trying to get ready to go. We were, you know, we're dealing with the dogs. We're dealing with the cats and all that stuff's going on. And it, we just, we get out of the house. It's too late. We're like late. I knew we were late, but we just had to drive like maniacs. So we, I just drove okay. as quickly as I could. Were you worried about COVID at all that you might have that? No, no, no. Okay. I think I just had heat exhaustion because I woke up, I was fine. Oh, okay. So right. I just had to lay down. I had a cold shower and, and lay down. I, I do get that from time to time if it's too hot. I, when I was a kid, I had to like have regular lay downs in the summertime. It's like a dark room okay. and just get out of the sun, get out of the heat, just lay down. And then you'll feel better. So that was a regular part of my growing up. So, so it still can happen to me. So this happened to me. So anyway, so then we zoomed as fast as we could, as fast as I could get, despite the fact that all the traffic was against us in every which way. Uh, we finally got we got to the um, ferry terminal five minutes too late for our, our reservation. Uh. So we did not get our, we were didn't get a reservation. We got put into standby. Yeah. And then we had to sit there for three sailings. Oh. So you're just sitting there, and of course, you don't know what's going on, right? Like you're, you're like, there's two of you. There's a car in front. There's a truck in front of us, and me. And I'm like, okay, we're pretty good, I guess. There's only two of us here. We'll get on. This is okay. This will be fine. And then they get all all the people with reservations get onto the ferry, and then the people beside you go. You're like, oh, people beside us are going. Oh, okay. And it's a pretty short line, so they go, and you're like, okay, this is all right. This is fine. And then the line beside them goes, <laughs> and that line is like infinitely long yeah like stretch back a million miles and it's just car 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 and even they didn't all get on right away but then finally they all squished on yeah but we didn't get on so i was like god it's terrible so we had to sit there for an hour reading our book or whatever and then the next ferry comes and they load all the people on with reservations all the trucks go on and everything and then they start letting the people who are on standby or paid you know paid and are waiting but that's like Two lines away from us. They've moved this thing over. And those people go. And then go, 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 go. And so then, you know, you're just like, oh, she'll get on, though. Nope. All of them are gone. Still Jeez. still not us. So finally, the third ferry came. And they were late. And they loaded late. And we got on at 7.30. And then we got on. And we still have This is when we had dinner as well. And Lisa, because she's uh, not diabetic, but very, like, pre-diabetic, I guess. Yeah. She had diabetes when she was... She had gestational diabetes when she was pregnant. So she needs her food at certain times. Like she's, I have to eat at this time. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like dying. And so, yeah, she was just dying. We got onto the ferry and she's just like this sort of zombie person standing in line waiting in the food lineup. 
She's like, oh. And I was like, well, you can go sit down. And I'll, you know, yeah, she, didn't yeah, wanna, yeah. she didn't want to sit down. She just wanted to stay in line. So, so we got up. We got her food. We got. And then the other thing was, because she, I guess, I don't know what happened. She ended up doing this thing late. So when she went to get reservations for the ferry, all the reservations were gone to go to Nanaimo. Because Nanaimo is the more popular destination because that's basically where you cross the island from there. Like you go up a little bit and then cross the island. So it's also where the Hell, Hell's Angels are. So, you know. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of Hell's Angels on the ferry. That's always popular. A lot of, uh, we do toys for tots. Uh, I know. And other things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We do toys for tot and murder people. Yeah, is that what part where's, of your day is the where, toys for tot? Where's the how much time here? does that take? take yeah, on? I don't know how much PR really counts when you're murdering people, but anyway, fine. So then, um, so we had to go to Victoria to, and then we so we had to go to Victoria, and then go up from there. So it was a, a four and a half hour drive oh from there up, up to Courtney. Oh my god! So, but what was nice is that oh. the island is a little different than here, right? Like here in Vancouver, if you drive home at three in the morning, yeah. it's like you're driving home at one, two in the afternoon. It's exactly the same. There's no drop in traffic at all. It's the, it just feels the same traffic all the time, no matter when you drive. Okay. There, ten o'clock, everyone's like bedtime, going to bed, not going to drive around. So the roads are like practically empty. Like so, we're just like zooming, just zooming. <laughs> So we and so we got there. It was about quarter after twelve. So we we're a little earlier than than we were supposed to be. So that was good, because Mister Leadfoot Leadfoot Dedrick was on the gas. So and then we uh, we got there, and I don't know what what's going on. I don't know why we were doing this, but it was like why use the GPS? Why? So we kind of got there close with the GPS. Then we got onto the road, and Lisa's like, "Oh, turn here." So I turn in, wrong place, which is okay. But then we woke up their dogs. <laughs> So it's like 12, it's like after midnight, everything's dark, and there's these dogs that are like barking like crazy, so like backing out in the dark. And so she goes, well, go back down to the front. So she says, I think it's closer to the road. So you drive back down that way. Nope, nope. I have to turn around, then drive back up again, past the dogs, who of course are waiting at the sound of the, oh, here you are again. Oh, 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 oh. The whole neighborhood, lights turning on. And then we, we find these people's house, and we pull in, and they have a dog. Their dog's barking at us. So every dog in the neighborhood's barking, and we just park. And luckily, we were just going to stay in. They had a trailer on their, like a, like a, you know, yeah. like a motorhome trailer kind of thing. On their, full of on dogs. Their, <laughs> what's that? Full of dogs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we just kind of go in there really quickly, and the dog stops, stops barking, and, and we just went to bed. And then in the morning, we got up, and we are talking to them. And uh, they're... Uh, friends of Lisa, they're people that she taught their their kids when she was when they were younger, and the city was a big fan of Lisa. You know, kind of introduced her to people and got her lots of jobs and stuff. Like Lisa's biggest fan at that time, and and so um, it was really nice to catch up with them. And she made us breakfast, and we're sitting and eating. And of course, we're eating, we're sitting there eating. And I'm like looking at my watch, I'm thinking like, what time does this test start? Because feels like we're really pushing it here. And uh, finally, Lisa's like, oh yeah, we better get going. So he's like, oh, if you're late, just tell them I was talking too much and they'll understand because I guess her daughter was running, was part of the, running this test. So um, so we get into the truck and I'm like, okay, should we put on the GPS? He's like, no, no, I got, inst- I got directions from these people. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So they gave us these directions. Real simple. When you get to the stop sign, make a right. When you get to the next stop sign, make a left. Huh? Great. Real Problem simple. was they forgot the other left. <laughs> they forgot the other left. So we go down, we follow these instructions, we start driving. We miss our turn off because we didn't sure. have this other left. And we're just driving and I'm like, this is a long way. Like, are you sure? And I'm like, at times a ticking too. Like we were already kind of late. Sure. So we were, we went one day, wanted to get there like five minutes, seven minutes, so like 10 minutes at the most. So nope, we're driving along, we're driving, we're driving, we're driving. And I'm going, I don't know if this is right. So we get, then we get to this highway 
and we're waiting in the light, and he's like, well, just go across. We go across, and then we start going up. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think this is right. So I pulled over, and I put in, like, I started searching my phone, and Lisa kept, I couldn't find it on my phone. Every time I would look for it, it kept taking me to the p and I go, well, probably because the p and is the place you've gone to, but we can find it. So I'm looking, Comox Exhibition Grounds, Com- or, oh, she said Fairgrounds, so I'm looking, Comox Fairgrounds. And then it comes up, Comox Exhibition Grounds. I'm like, well, that's got to be it. Click. Head straight up. I'm like, what? Okay, so then we're driving straight up this mountain. <laughs> it's a mountain. We're driving straight up. I'm like, what's going on? So finally, I'm like, forget it. And I just turn around. I just do it like a UE and start going back down the hill. And I guess what it was doing is it wanted me, it didn't think I could do that because that's illegal. Yeah. So it wanted me to go up and find some roads and then turn around there. Oh, okay. But so we head back down. Then we turn. We have to go along this freeway. Then we end up, we, head, we go along the, the whole perimeter of Courtney Comox area. And then we have to go back around into town. And then we, then there's a bridge out, which the stupid thing didn't tell us about. So we had to wait there, and then finally that gets us through. We were half an hour late to this test, and Lisa... Um, Did she say the thing? Ah, I was just with her. She was telling me. <laughs> no, like, well, we're driving along. Of course, Lisa's just dying, because she's dying. She hates to be late for stuff, and yeah. she really hates to be late for, like, a job, because she's sure. a job, right? She's doing yeah. testing. And, uh, um, similar, yes. And so she made... So I'll just to back up a little bit. So a couple of weeks ago, my brother-in-law took Lisa's dad up to... A place he used to go as a kid, like he lived there as a kid in Horsefly, British Columbia, by Quinell Lake. And so they went up there on a little fishing tour and stuff like that with with uh, Mark's two kids, just to kind of you know bring his dad bring his dad up there because this is where he, you know he's really old and you know. And so, but uh, his dad had a bit of an episode when they were there. Like he actually mm. like felt really sick, like like dying sick. Oh shit! And he was kind of scared by it. And he said to Mark uh, when that night, he's like, um, "Listen." If I have a heart attack, I don't want you to take me back down to the coast. I just want you to cremate me, throw my ashes in in the lake, no. just put a marker there. Blah blah no. blah. And Mark, no, that's, that's Mark's attitude. No. He's like, Dad, you're going to be fine. This is you're not going to die. Like, yeah, this is okay. but also, no. Well, no. I, I mean, we have to listen to someone's wishes, but yeah. But uh, so then, when we're when Lisa and I were driving Cause, in, because that's how you get. Like, Go to jail for murder. Oh, okay. No, no. You do it. Not just burn him in a field. He meant like take him to a crematorium and cremate him. Good, good. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, no, no. He didn't mean it. Don't, what if I die? He didn't mean it. Just set like, me uh, on fire. Yeah, yeah. No, take no, those no. ashes. Throw them in the sea. Yeah, yeah. No, that's no, no. my wishes. No, that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. He meant like you know, go through the proper I, I, steps. I, oh, good, good. Okay, not not just do a do a home do a DIY funeral, a Viking funeral. <laughs> yeah. So then, but Lisa and I were driving. Lisa's like, you know, if I die, just throw my ashes in the woods here and just put up a marker so we, well, we finally got there and yeah so the people were understanding they, they, you know, like it's a, it's a pony club test of course things are going to go wrong and stuff so then I I took advantage of this to do what I normally do when I go to small places is are there bookstores in this town are there little record stores in this town are there is there a value village in this town I can go to is there like thrift stores so then I went on the search for that kind of stuff sure. so that's how I found Shibumi because I went on the search and I went to a couple of bookstores and, but I found this great record store there that was in an alley. Mm. It was in an alley, but it had a sign on the on this road. It said, like, Bop City Records, and then it had an arrow pointing that way. And I did see it when I was driving. And at first I was kind of like, oh, I'm not going to go there because it's probably just going to be selling records. And I don't, I'll, I'm fine with buying records used in a, like, in a thrift store, but I don't, I'm not going to go spend $40 for a record. I can't. Because it's too long of my life, I've been spending $2 for records. Okay. I can't bring myself to spend $40 or $30 on a record. So, <laughs> but then I thought, well, I might as well just go in and see what they have. So I walked down this alleyway and I went into this 
this store. This is after I'd gone to a couple of bookstores. And I went into the store, and they did sell records, yes. But they also sold CDs. Mm. And they sold new CDs, not just used CDs. They had some used CDs. But what was great is they followed what I think is a great model, which is to sell used and new together on the, on the rack. So if you go to, like, you know, if you go to the Beatles one, it has some new stuff, then it has some new stuff in there as well. And, you know, and I mostly wasn't too interested in, like, the regular stuff. I was looking through all, like, through the A's or through the B's. Sure. I would just go through all the random ones. And I bought about $100 worth of, of, of uh, CDs. Uh, to be exact, $100.80 worth of CDs. Mm. And I got some good stuff, like some new, new CDs there, like, and stuff that I didn't have, like, like a, a Kate Le Bon that I didn't have, stuff like that. So I was really like super pleased with this record store, and I was walking away. And I was thinking to myself, why can't we have a uh, a record store like that here? Like, then I realized because no one could afford it because they can afford the rent in Courtney, yeah. in the old part of town, yeah. where no one's shopping there because there's a bigger shopping center somewhere else. You know, that's that they can afford. I mean, they could afford the alleyway. They couldn't even afford to be on the main sure. drag, right? And. And yeah, I just thought, you know, like, yeah, there's just no way to, to have a place like that. It sucks. It sucks. The reality is it sucks because we used to have those places. We used to have track records. We used to have Zulu. Okay. We still have Zulu, but Zulu is strictly records now. They don't even do, they do a little bit of new way of use CDs, but not much. Yeah, all those places, uh, you know, they're just like trying to hang on, you know, they're hanging on as best they can, selling $40 records and, and stuff like that to hipsters. Not to old people like me who remember how much they used to cost for a record and can't bring themselves to pay that much for. I remember so. going into Odyssey Imports and seeing a record for fifteen dollars and just going, yeah. "Well, that's insane." Yeah, I'm, day, I, I mean, I bought records good, for that price. Yeah, good day, sir. <laughs> there are records you couldn't get at other places, right? Like so. Sure. I remember getting twenty dollars from my grandma for, for for my birthday, and taking that twenty dollars to Odyssey Imports and buying the first prefab spread album there for fifteen ninety nine. It wasn't sixteen dollars; it was fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. So it was one cent off. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, I remember walking in and seeing like, uh, it's like a Day Glow Abortions and uh, The Dead Kennedys is the first albums I saw. I yeah. just went, those names, huh? <laughs> I guess you got to get a crazy name. But if you wanted to buy. Butthole Surfers. Day Glow Abortions were a local group, so I would I don't know if that'd be worth buying. But Dead Kennedys, you couldn't buy them at. At A and B Sound, so you had to go to. Yeah, it was on the wall. It was like it was a good looking uh, album. That's where I got fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. The Dead Kennedys album was at Odyssey Imports. So yeah, I mean that's where you had to get them. I wanted the Style Council record that had the booklet in it. The 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 uh, one here in the, the domestic one didn't have that booklet. Is there so. any uh, record store? Uh, okay, so at the time, was it the only place in town that would? Uh, you uh, get Odyssey it? and Zulu were the two places that had. Right, and then later on some. And then later on, some of the Zulu guys uh, started tra- open track records, and that was another one that I would quite often go to. That's where I, like, I bought all my Morrissey singles there and stuff, like CD singles there. Uh, yeah, those are the only places you could buy like um, like import stuff. Yeah, because in those days, it just wasn't didn't come here. Like it didn't. Not everything. Not everything came. So. I'm trying to think what's in that space now. I would really like to see like uh, pictures of uh, Granville Street, which basically was my world. Yeah, back yeah. then, and just go like, okay. So what businesses were here then, uh, and what was here now? Yeah, it's probably just a shoe store or something like that. That's where Odyssey, because where where um, Granville, where the they uh, what is it? Golden Age Collectibles. Golden Age Collectibles. I think it's in where the books, where Granville Books used to be, right? That's well, probably yeah, because they 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 have that same issue that uh, the bookstore had with the Commodore when they have a concert. Okay. Where everything is just shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. really going for it. Yeah, Golden Age used to be a, a couple of stores over. Yeah. Then they moved. Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, it'd be really interesting just to see like shots of this. There must be. There's actually there's this one. Oh, it's this is my oh boy. This is my white whale. Yeah. It's like if I could only find this. It's like back in the day at Science World when Science World used to be on Granville Street. Yeah. It was like in this three-story building. I think three stories. And in the basement, one of the things you could do was you'd uh, you sit down and you control. Uh, the speed of this tour through Vancouver. And you can go as fast or slow or back up or whatever. Okay. But you'd just be whipping through the streets of Vancouver. And one of the streets, of course, was, was Granville Street. And it would just be so great to see that footage now and just see what everything looked like. Yeah, yeah. Really went through, like, so much of the city. Sure. You know, there was a couple of different ones that you could do. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy, that'd be, that'd be neat to see. Because, you know, yeah. I remember some stuff, but some stuff, of course, goes, woof. There's that footage... Uh, online of uh, the protesters uh, trying to go after Caligula. And it's yeah, fun yeah, watching yeah, yeah, that and yeah. just seeing like, oh, that's where that record store was. Mm. Oh, the McDonald's was there. Oh, right over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there used to be Phantasmagoria, which was the first record store I ever went into that had listening booths. Mm-hmm. So you could listen to records in the, in the in listening booth. And then there was uh, Kelly's and then yeah. Odyssey Import on that street as well. I think there was one more record store there. It might have been a A&A, but no, A&A was down... From, uh, no, it was a- down, yeah. From A&B Sound there's on the corner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a kind of uh, another record kind of district there. Because there was A&B Sound, Track Records, A&A, and then the uh, Collector's RPM was on the corner. I would go into A&B Sound. <laughs> Here's another one of oblique mentions of things. for Yeah, for yeah. I, w- I would go into A&B Sound to the top floor, and I don't know how many stories. Three stories, had. yeah. Yeah, but the top, st- the top floor at, at one point, uh, whenever Crash Bandicoot came out, mm. the first one, uh, they would have uh, demos that you could play. And it was like, demos? Like, that's just ridiculous. What are you talking about? Yeah. Video game systems didn't have those uh, before. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, I'd go up there and I'd just play the hell out of those games till, you know, uh, sir. Uh. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then Sam the Record Man also opened there. So there was like a bunch of... Uh, but A&A had closed by that point. But yeah, I know it was it was great. It was great. What a time. What a time, everyone. Yeah. Could, on your way to work, get off... A stop early, walk, go to the record store, see what's new, buy something. I'd go break into the CBC, try to get some work, <laughs> use their typewriters. Typewriters! Uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, or, you know. If That's I, right, he said typewriter. If I could get on a computer, oof. Yeah, and they were all on. They were all on computers, so they just would leave typewriters out because who would use a typewriter? You can This you, guy. You can make fun of typewriters, but Star Wars was written on a typewriter, and... Snake Eyes was written on a computer. You know what? I think that's a good point. <laughs> it's not about the machine. Hey, you ever type it on a computer and then you type too fast and all the keys get jammed together and you go, fuck, nope. Well, that's something a typewriter has over it. That's true. It did, it did happen. Yeah. But I think I, I mostly intentionally did it. I wasn't very fast, very fast typer. I got fast. What, what, I, what I did uh, was when I, when I was learning to type type, was of course on the Atari 400 computer, mm. which didn't really have a keyboard as much as just like push as hard as you can <laughs> in the solid mass and make things happen. <laughs> so that when I actually then did move on, it was like it was like how uh, on Krypton uh, there was, uh, and I'm saying it uh, Marlon Brando style, um, <laughs> when they had extra gravity. Yeah. So when they came to Earth, they were like, "Wee!" And they yeah. could just jump and lift things. Uh, so when I went to uh, a, a proper keyboard, sure. You were just, hey, look at this. I guess it would have been the same when I finally moved from from my giant battleship battleship gray metal uh, typewriter to uh, to a 
the my parents' first PC. Yeah, we had some sort of word processor at an apartment of mine with me and my roommate, and uh, that was just amazing. It had spell check. Oh my god, what are you gonna do? Oh my god, so so amazing. Uh, oh, just such a dream. <laughs> How could you not just write all that? Yeah. I look now at like what we've got, and just like oh my gosh, it's just so 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 much better, so much infinitely, infinitely better. So there's so so much work. I remember I remember like being I think I was like 16 and just typing and uh, and then going I wonder if I know where the keys are. And so I just shut my eyes and wrote a bunch of stuff and I looked at them like yeah, that's interesting. I've sense memory where all the keys are. Yeah, that's odd. I didn't know I could do that. That's how I type. I don't look at the keys when I type. Yeah. Do you have any idea when you learned that? Uh, or did you practice it? Did you try to do that? I tried, yeah, I tried. I, learned I, I did not. Yeah. That just came I learned. Over time. Like, I typed, like, properly typed, like, you know, yeah. with the fingers at the right place and all that stuff. That's like, what I was worried when they had those split uh, keyboards. Mm. I was like, well, the rhythm, the, the thing, how could you... <laughs> how would you know where How to... would you know where to... But it's not too bad. You generally figure it out. I've never used those ones. Yeah. Have you tr- ever tried to use, the, like, the Dvorak one, like, which is supposed to be, like, a more efficient keyboard? Oh, is it things are in different positions? Mm-hmm. Oh, that mm-hmm. would drive me bananas. <laughs> yeah. Would it drive you bananas? Uh, yeah, you have to. You can get used to it if, if you do it for a while. But oh, it's it feels weird. like just switching to a foreign language, like mm. you know. And then what if you forget? What if you forget how to type the regular? Well, that's the thing. Way. Like the idea of it is that it's more efficient because you know the way the the typewriter keyboard was designed was to slow you down so that you didn't end up with bunches of keys. Right. So they were purposefully laid out in a way that would be less efficient. And the and the second reason they're laid out that way, you know this one? It was for sales. Yep. Because yeah. the was it all the uh, letters for typewriter in the first yeah, uh, yeah. the first line. So it's an illusion of like Yeah. type typewriter real nice and fast. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, so Dvorak was designed as a, developed as a way that's faster. It puts everything at the most efficient place rather than the least efficient place. Yeah. But the problem is, of course, is we've all learned to become efficient doing the QWERTY YOP style, not the Dvorak style. And so, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, do you want to do it right, or do you want to get it done tonight? <laughs> I mean, if you were like, you know how you should be riding your bike. Ugh. Just let me ride my bike. If you were a dedicated lunatic, you could learn it, but you'd have to be a dedicated lunatic. I like dedicated lunatic. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, So I'm assuming that you uh, do not have... uh, No, I tried to do it last night and I fell asleep writing. That is absolutely fine. Sorry, everyone. My plan was to to kind of alternate uh, notes week to week, but I... I We were talking, of course, uh, about uh, Dark Shadows or our Dork Shadows. Uh, but, you know, we had to invest a lot of time in Snake Eyes today. Yes, right, we, we, right. we read your letters and they went like, <laughs> withers, withers Snake Eyes. Yeah. What do you guys think about that movie? Yeah. You know, listen, we need this show to be more random. And so there we go. <laughs> they, you're, you're welcome is all I've got to say. It's a dice that. roll. Every show is a dice roll. So then my question to you before mm-hmm. I move on to letters is, do you need a second Coke to stay awake for letters? Well, let's find out. All right. This is Dave trying to stay awake, trying <laughs> to stay awake during the show. <laughs> so last week, we asked the very nerdy question mm-hmm. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we said it like Kermit the Frog. Uh, who's your favorite duo? And also, what is a comedy that has aged well? But what is a comedy that has not aged well? Oh. Yeah, those are the two questions. And so, before we do that, though, I've got to go back in time. You got to go back in time. I got to go back in time to uh, to uh, a little uh, to the Olympics mm. and uh, our uh, our friend 
uh, Nina Matsumoto, also AKA Third Dragon, AKA the uh, co-creator and artist on the Spark series of books. Uh, the latest, which will be available in early March, uh, available for pre-order now. It's called Spark's Future Perfect. And uh, if you think that means there might be something to do with the future in it, you're, you might be right. Uh, but she, <laughs> I was talking about uh, volleyball in the Olympics, and uh, I've seen a lot of butt smacking. Most notably beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. And so, uh, Nina writes, Late reply as I'm catching up on all my podcasts, but during Bob's visit, that's her husband. She always mentions Bob, her husband. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, when was the last time we mentioned our husbands? Never. Never. You know You're why? Right. Keep it classy. Keep it professional. <laughs> we do. We separate our personal lives and our professional lives. Yeah, that's what my wife says. Um, we <laughs> saw some Olympics at various bars, including a lot of beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a single butt smack in there, so I have no idea what Ian is talking about. Hmm. Well, shots fired. I'm going to say, in response to that, that I did see some butt smacks. Okay. But I did, I did not regard it the way that you did, because you found it, you seem to be disturbed by it. Very good. So uh, I, I, I have, uh, if, you, if you go to uh, the episode, which is episode 505, mm-hmm. you will see Nina's uh, letter, and then you will see two, well, three, uh, responses from me. <laughs> wow, so, someone has an axe to grind. And uh, two of them are linking to different sites. One is Mercury News, and one is a Slate, talking about the culture uh, in volleyball of patting each other on the butt. Uh, so if you want to read that, you can. I'm not going to read the articles out loud, but you can check them out. Yeah, it probably but, depends which teams you saw competing as well. That's how right. Much, how much butt slapping you saw. But, uh, yeah, there was a situation where uh, one of the um, uh, players would not do it uh, because they had... And they wouldn't uh, touch each other's hands either uh, because they had pink eye. Mm. And so they... Did yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, you know, I, I'm, you have to really really get in anyway it's not the things yeah anyway pink eye so uh so i have included these articles about this thing that uh, nina is saying does not exist Mm -hmm. so and then my final thing that i said was uh i don't have a strong opinion about the ritual but trying to tell me it doesn't exist well that feels like ass lighting Hmm. It it also feels like aslighting to say you don't have a strong feeling about this uh, ritual because you, you do. Was you it? Do. Well, what did I say about it? That I was. Uh... You were very yeah. You were you were very uh, vehement about. Your... Oh, very good. Okay. Uh, then let me say this. I have a strong uh, opinion about this, but saying it doesn't exist that feels like aslighting. <laughs> Edward Dragansky uh, goes. Is that how you get pink eye? I've always wondered. Yeah. You can only get it from volleyball. That is true. All right, I'm going to take myself a little drink of water there. Depends. I get so upset. It depends what it depends what eye is pink, I guess. Ah, to be called a liar by your friends. It's just, <laughs> anyway. So uh, now answering uh, last week's questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, our chum, Louise, oh, says, uh, I always enjoy the dynamic between Peter Parker and Tony Stark. Hmm. As played by Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr., uh, every uh, aspiring teenage superhero needs a mentor to help them deal with all the great power, great responsibility stuff. It wasn't that uh, ironic, because uh, Iron Man, that a humble science nerd was getting uh, guidance from an arrogant uh, genius billionaire inventor. For all his fault, Tony ultimately proved uh, to be a model of self-sacrifice. It was nice of him to bequeath Peter those nifty high-class, uh, high-tech glasses in Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm glad Sony and Disney worked it out so those two characters could meet up. He almost got his whole class killed. 
<laughs> That's what I say about that. I don't know. Tony, oh, such a good think, idea. Tony, think. Um, but let me, let me, I, I do enjoy those films. I think they're, they're very good. I have to say though, that I prefer Spider-Man to be a, alone against the world. That's my favorite sort of, that's what I like about Spider-Man. So I find the over-reliance on Tony Stark and, and, and the, co- and having the costume and stuff like that. I just, I don't really, it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I do really like that, the interplay between the costume and, and, and Peter Parker in the movie. So I, there, you know, I, I'm not against it. I think it's a fun take on it, but it's not my favorite take, if that makes sense. Something I like about the talking costume is it allows Spider-Man to be like Spider-Man is in the comics, where he's always talking to himself, mm-hmm. like, oh, that old Parker look. Oh, I guess this is this. But if he was talking out loud to no one, he'd feel like... Mm. And if mm. he was talking to his friend Ned, Ned would be warning him. Like, he yeah. needs someone to talk to that won't go, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. This is a really bad idea, mm-hmm. you know? And the, and the suit doesn't care. The suit's just going to listen to him yip-yap. Yeah. Uh, my sister, the teacher, tells me that in BC, staff and students are not... Oh, this, we talked about smoking yeah. areas. Yeah. My sister, the teacher, tells me that in BC, staff and students are not allowed to smoke or vape anywhere on the school's property, but they can and do go across the street to get their nick fix. Hmm. Uh, some students try to vape in class, but she figures it's just for the thrill of getting away with it or something. Students uh, also try to get away with using their phones during class, but they haven't figured out staring down at their crotches for long periods of time is a bit of a giveaway. Oh, is that the problem? Yeah. When I was in uh, elementary school, I developed a brilliant way to read in class, which was to hide my the open book in my desk. And while the teacher was doing that boring thing called teaching, ugh, I would pull the book out into my lap and then I would sit there in class, apparently listening while looking down, reading. But now I've learned that my staring down on my crotch was a dead giveaway to my not paying attention because I would often get reprimanded for reading in class. And that was why I got put into a class for problem children in grade four because of my reading in class. Apparently it's wrong to read in school. Yep. Most of the things I got in trouble for were... uh, Here's the thing I was thinking recently. Um, This isn't about butt smacking, is it? No, huh, was there any butt smacking? No, they would sm- <laughs> slap our hands. They would never smack our butts. Right. Um, was uh, when I was in uh, good old Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> this isn't going to be as bad as it sounds when you start off a, a, yeah. a sentence with that. Um, but when we would line up uh, at the beginning of uh, of class, yeah. we would line up outside. Sure. And they would line up the boys and the girls separately. Oh, of course. You know, Catholic. Of course Very the, Catholic. The girls, you know, were well behaved and would go in and it would be fine. They'd start the things. And then there would always be some bonehead in the boys. Because it's a bunch of yeah. boys, right? Yeah. And just like, just the sheer odds of you line up 50 boys in a row, mm-hmm. you know, one of them's going to die, do something. And just, and, yep. and the second that happens, all been there. the teacher is like, all right, well, I guess you're all going to, I guess you all want to do push-ups. I guess you all want to da 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 And it's just like, oh, why do I have to be grouped in with with these boobs? You know, and and it's the one person and the, and the person encouraging them and ruining it for us. Yeah. And by the way, that's how I feel about the pandemic. <laughs> just wear a mask, everybody. Oh. Why can't we be like the nice New Zealand that just went in? I know they had four cases recently. But could you imagine if someone said, there's four cases in your country? Four cases? What you would do? You'd just go, whoa, perfect. And they're like, move, we better take care of that. Uh, Edward Dragansky responds, as he did last time, 
but this time saying Stark and Peter were such a great idea, and you think it seems natural because their chemistry is so smooth with one another. I wonder how much of uh, that acting isn't acting, as much as it's Downey Jr.'s way uh, with Holland as a young actor, because we all know uh, where Downey came from. Uh, that's true. He did start off like uh, as a teen actor. Uh, in the comics, Tony was never that way with uh, Parker. He pretty much had to figure out the whole superhero biz on his own. But I liked uh, that it naturally progressed that way between the two in the cinematic Marvel world. Yeah, in the uh, comics, uh, he's much closer to Mary Jane. She was an assistant of his for okay, a while. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because they're, you know, Peter's Peter's older in the, in the, in the comics. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Edward uh, goes on in a separate letter to write... My question, question. What? We're the ones asking the question, hey. buddy. Hey, 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 hey. Are you auditioning for the show? Huh? <laughs> okay, here we go. My question kind of stems from working in a comic store years ago. Hey, I did that too. Hey, what are you? What are you auditioning for? Like my job working at the comic box with uh, with my boss Anthony Coward. I just I know that because I just saw a resume of mine from a long time ago, and I went, oh, I forgot his name. Let me look up if there was ever anything with that cult that he started. No, there wasn't. Okay, that's good. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, Edward. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> my question kind of stems from working in a comic store years ago. If we had the Marvel and DC films uh, around like this back in the mid-80s, there's no telling what conversation would have been like. Instead, we only had Howard the Duck to talk about, which uh, uh, led to a fight and my boss not speaking to me for almost a week. Wow. Yeah. But it's. I want to know what the trigger was on that. Was he more pro the duck sex? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, funny how many conversations from working in a comic book store weren't about comics at all. Uh, so many days we discussed anything but comics. I think it's funny uh, how many think that's all we used to talk about when I worked at Lone Star Comics. And it was quite the contrary. Speaking <laughs> of Lone Star Comics, David. Oh, me. Yeah. You're, wake up. <laughs> Need a Coke? No, I'm fine. All right. And we'll have one later on. So far. Okay. David, your story about Southern comedians on your radio station (laughs) and the Renaissance Fair D&D thing had me on the floor. Oh, that's good. You just reenacted every other weekend at Lone Star, just as I remembered it, between my customers. We had the good old Texas boys in around the store just shopping. And in the summer, uh, especially, was a Renaissance Fair called Scarborough Fair. Nice. Uh, Customers would dress for the event and stop in on the way to it wearing their medieval cosplay. Tight. Your re- your retelling of the Southern Comedians sounded not unlike many of the reactions. <laughs> I remember uh, one customer uh, named Lady Jessica used to begin every sentence with, Pretty dear sir. So when Ian <laughs> said, Pretty this, I just about fell out. <laughs> I guess uh, I should answer my own question uh, then about the Marvel duos. Please do. Oh. Uh, I seem to gravitate towards Thor Ragnarok so many times. Uh, when I want to just put on a Marvel film. So it must be the comedic element of Thor and Hulk for me. Mm. I never saw that one coming, and it was such a surprise how great those two pulled off the whole Mightiest Avenger grudge fest with one another. (laughs) It's funny how many of these uh, partnerships were not like this in the comics, but went uh, away in the films that were such an enjoyable departure. For a more serious close second, I think uh, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson really had solid chemistry between Cap and Black Widow. I'm glad it was those two, and I'm glad it didn't get romantic. Uh, I bought off the fact that they trusted one another, and there was such a strong bond between them. I agree with that. I thought that was a nice element. Too. Yeah, I think it's true. I do think it is strange, and maybe it's not strange, that her character, who basically you know, was captured and trained by mad scientists, then fell for a mad scientist. 
But, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, I'll admit I've never seen either of the Ghost Rider films. Just see the second one. So uh, one day I'll check those out along with Thomas Jane's Punisher, which I've never seen either. Okay. Uh, maybe I should make a day of it and throw in Dolph Lundgren's Punisher onto the heap as well. Okay, now look. Listen, let's not get crazy. Yeah, crazy yeah let's, let's, for health reasons, <laughs> maybe spread that out over a weekend. Ed, maybe to do Ed, two don't double punish double. yourself. Oh, I see. Where, mm. Ian! Oh, that's what it was for me. Dave, this is for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll be asleep over here. Uh, <laughs> you're absolutely correct about Spider-Man 2. Raimi directed a solid superhero milestone back when he was making his contribution to the genre. Dr. Pepper. Oh, I knew he'd bring in Dr. Pepper. <laughs> How is Dr. Pepper going to get in on this Dr. Strange aspect? Like, they should have Dr. Pepper fighting Dr. Strange. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Dr. Pepper had a promotional tie-in with the first two Raimi Spider-Man films, so I remember how fun it was to work on those, so far ahead of the release, and then getting to see the private screenings. Oh, so much envy. Mm. Uh, do you remember seeing... It's good uh, to see the privates. Do you remember seeing the Dr. Pepper in those films? Oh. I do, I, you know what? Probably not. Uh, the pizza place uh, Peter is fired from at the beginning of Spider-Man 2 has Dr. Pepper crap in the background, and in the first film, we see Peter practicing with his web shooters on a Dr. Pepper can. It was fun, and I'm still proud oh. to be associated in a small way with those films. Great films. Yeah, I think they should have someone who's just like, you know, I'm here to see Dr. Strange. Oh, this is the wrong house. Do you not have a doctor here? You got some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> Oh, that's refreshing. You know what? I'm going to go take care of this myself. <laughs> and then Good. you see his tombstone. Killed. He was an idiot. <laughs> then someone arrests a Dr. Pepper can on the tombstone. Who could resist this promotional <laughs> And then Dr. In Dr. Strange walks in and goes, sorry I'm late. Did I miss anything? <laughs> Just some guy looking for Dr. Pepper. I'm a pepper. He's a pepper. She's a pepper. It was weird. The uh, guy who... Um, uh, was the Dr. Pepper singer, the I'm a Pepper... You know, mm, Victor thing. Garber. When, when, when Victor, no, not Victor Garber. Oh, David Naughton? Yes, David Naughton. I okay. Uh, I didn't know he uh, sang Making It, that song. What's... You what's know, that? Making It. Yo, 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 I'm making it. I'm solid gold. Did you not know this song? <laughs> Maybe. All right. I'm making... I think, I think, and it's weird that we were talking about the village people before we started here. I think Can't Stop the Music has that as its first song. Oh, okay. And I also know for sure yeah. it's the first song in the Picnic Face film, uh, Roller Town. Mm. And I know okay. that David Naughton, who you would know uh, as well from uh, American Revolution, London, yeah. did a sitcom called Making It that looks exactly like every sitcom you would see in the 70s yeah. called Making It with that song as the huh. uh, theme song. Wasn't he also in Godspell? I don't think so. Okay. Victor Garber. Yes, yes he was. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't, no, he's not in Godspell. Okay. I will, t- I will tell you that for now and for real. Okay. For sure. <laughs> sure. Unless he's in the background doing a Ron Jeremy and Ghostbusters. Yeah. No. You tell me for now. I will tell you for now and I will answer it for later. <laughs> okay. Uh, Regis writes, Hi! Hi, Regis. You promised, Hello. okay. You asked us uh, for shows to cr- critique and, oh, you said maybe you will answer but this is unbearable sneakiness. <laughs> we answered, and yep. we want answers. Uh-oh. And I will tell you, you really don't want me to get sneaky on you. <laughs> oh, this is all taking a turn, Dave. Uh-oh. I know where you live. Oh, I don't like that. You know where, vaguely. Dave, you know you know where Dave lives. Oh, that's true. My address is on the... Uh... Yeah. I know all your digital habits. I really don't like where this is going. (laughs) 
wait a minute. You tell them uh, uh, every week. Wait, uh, did, did he take over my camera on my computer? I think so. F me. Uh, <laughs> you, I took over your GPS. That's where you're going up that mountain. <laughs> you really know how to get the fun out of stalking. Too sneaky for me. <laughs> oh, the letter keeps going. Uh, but I don't care. <laughs> I have changed my answer. So after watching Spaced, the geekiest rom-com, <laughs> or is it uh, Denisha Otako? I don't know. Which is uh, rather the most otaku-est, <laughs> or otaku geeks, and vice versa. Oh, you've lost me a way down the mountain. Anyway, <laughs> the YouTube channel Dead Parrot, a Python reference perhaps, mm. suggested me Green Wing. Oh, that is good. Yeah, Green Wing is good. A strange and weird comedy start, uh, uh, starting with a John Oliver cameo I liked very much last week tonight. And going deeper and deeper into the weirdest of human behaviors, ending with one of the shortest and saddest uh, definitive ending, Mac on his bike. One scene uh, compared to a complete episode of Six Feet Under. Hmm. I don't think I ever got to the very end of Green Wing, but now you're making me want to. Shot on location in a real hospital that's got a reality feeling, but at the same time completely alienated in their real environment. Like the patients only exist as props. All the characters have a kind uh, or several social and psychological disorders. Even got uh, in the middle of the series a literal Oedipus case. Uh, I really like the scariest and craziest of all the characters, Sue White, the predatory uh, in chief one. Uh, her acting is uh, such a tour de force. We all root for Mac, the most in control, only using only his humor and intelligence to deflect the other's uh, attachment or attacks. They all struggle to find a place in an ever, never-ending ego battle. Life, if you will. <laughs> the Brits are very good at melancholy, hence the desperate humor. Don't they have, uh, don't they have uh, understood the meaningless of life first and subsequently invented the nonsense and pushed it to nonsensical heights? Uh, if that makes more nonsense, or at none, I'm not quite sure what that means, but very good. Uh, but sometimes their practical jokes are not so funny. For existence, Brexit, or Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Bye! Okay, well, as we say every week, every just, we've had enough of your Thatcher bashing. Yeah. The Iron Lady had some fantastic ideas. Sure. And stands as a monument to uh, the Iron Lady-ness of uh, how ladies can be Iron Ladies. ladies. Yeah. Without being Iron Manish. Yeah. Because Iron Man got some good things done. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he saved the universe from Thanos. Did you miss that? Oh, well, I mean, in the movie. Oh, do you mean in real life did Iron Man do yeah, Iron Lady was a real person. Okay, well, Iron Man, I believe, fought the Titanium Man, according to a song. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Do you see the Titanium Man? No, uh, he's, go he's gone. Anymore? Yeah, no, no. That's yeah, so Iron Man got some shit done. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Falkland Islands are still there. <laughs> so, why didn't she sink them, Dave? If yeah. they were such trouble, why didn't she sink them? It's a good question. It's a good question. I think it was a failed, uh, a failed bomb attempt on them to, yeah. Some limpet, limpet mines were attached to the islands, but did not go off. The, uh, right. the the coup did not go off. Yeah, the limpet mines, and that's uh, that's uh, the Don Knotts character, right, Mister Limpet Mines. Mister Limpet Mines, where yep. he turns into a mine. <laughs> yes. He turns into a a mime. Oh, or a mime. Yeah, it was a silent but deadly movie. <laughs> okay. All right. So, oh, am I gonna? Am I gonna? Uh, be well, I was gonna say, like, have you got a question for this week? Oh gosh, darn it! Well, look, we discussed ninjas. We discussed <laughs> snake eyes. We did. Oh, have we asked that before? Is there a movie that you know is generally not regarded? Well, we think we've asked that. question I'm gonna before. ask this question. Okay. Based on your true story. Okay. True story based. True story. As far what, as people know. It's here's true. here's my question to you, to you out there. Yeah. What's the most lost you've ever gotten? Mm. Time you got lost. 
Mm. Like Dave was telling his GPS story and was going up a mountain and it was and he was okay. It turned out fine. Yeah, everything was fine. Did you ever get really, really lost? And uh, what happened? Really, really lost. Yeah, yeah. What was the time that you got really, really lost? We, we kind of purposefully like do like take wrong turns over driving and see what happens, or just like follow a route just to see where it goes. Sure, it can work out sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work out at all. Yep. You know, like a Washington State has a. Has a long kind of finger that goes up one side of the state, and it's it's separated from the rest of the mainland by by a, a body of water, probably Puget Sound, but I'm not certain. And if you get through that, then you get a T-shirt that says "I got fingered in Washington State." <laughs> so one time we went the wrong way up this finger, oh. and we were driving for quite a while, and we realized that there was no way across to the mainland that we were just trapped. So we had to turn around and go all the way back down again. And let me just tell you that there were two passengers in that car i.e. my daughters, who were not so happy with our decision-making and uh, decided we were wasting time. But we thought it was great fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's about the journey. Yeah. Now, I do that with walking. I'll very seldom walk the same route. Mm. So I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Sometimes you go like, yeah. how does this street just end? <laughs> Why does it end so deep into here where there's no turn? <laughs> Fine. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Cool. Are you really lost if you're enjoying yourself? No, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can't still be lost. Yeah, you're enjoying yourself, though. Okay. Well, you can tell us uh, how you felt when you were really lost. Were you enjoying <laughs> yourself? How did you get unlost? Did you have to ask someone something? How'd you How'd you get out of that? Uh, it's weird when you were mentioning Courtney. It's like that's where that's where I had the worst stand up gig of my life because that was the place where uh, they had the gun pulled on us. Oh, that's where I was like I did my set, which was not great. But then the comic from L.A. came up. And the audience had sort of had enough. And one guy in the audience, first of all, they check your knives at the door at this place, <laughs> at this Courtney Hotel. Okay. So you, that's there's good, a big bit of knives because mm. uh, that's been a problem. Yeah. But they didn't check his gun. Mm. So, you know, at one point, you know, the guy's like coming out, hey, it was this guy, like this guy, blah, 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 and he's being, you know, really yeah. going at him. Yeah. And then the guy pulls out his gun and puts it on the table in front of him. Yeah. And it just folds his arm, like you know, make me make me use this. Yeah. And the and the and the comic, I can tell because like I've just been on stage, can't see the gun. Mm. The lighting is such that he can't see yeah. it. So so you know the audience can see it though, and they're like now dummying up because they can see there's a gun on the table, and so they're like, he's got to shut up, and they can't see that he doesn't see that there's a gun, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 because like now the crowd is so low. The, the comic is upping his game. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I got to get him back. Yeah. So he's really going for it. And so, yeah, I had to go on stage and just like, and that's it for us. We're out of time. No, I got lots of time. You do not have lots of time. <laughs> There's no time. No time like the present. No present like the time. Thank you so much for coming. I want to keep going. No, you don't. And here we go. <laughs> We're going off. And then he was really mad when he was pulling him off. Like, what the hell are you doing? There was a gun on the table. Holy fuck, what? And I'm like, yeah. Being an American, he knew what a gun meant. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Wow. Yeah, but we made sure we uh, hid and then got paid. It's scary. It's funny, actually, because I was talking to someone from the island today who was over picking up doors, and I mentioned we'd been visiting and went up to Courtney, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I don't like Courtney. There are different people up there. Yep. <laughs> so maybe that's the case. Yep. Ooh, we've been over two hours. We were over two hours? My phone, my do you not service to, turned off on my phone. Did you put something in the parking meter? Yeah. <laughs> Some gum. All righty, right. Uh, so, yeah, what we're saying is, uh, but listen, I got my friends, uh, Robin and Step, they live near there. 
Oh, they yeah. love the area. They love it all. It seems really nice. Like it seems really nice. I would like to. Uh, I would. I could see that as a place to move to. Like nice properties, sure. and nice houses, and I, I place to keep your horses. Yeah, I've made some. I've made some bad decisions in Courtney. That's just me personally. <laughs> I can't. You know what? I found a great record store there. It's more than yeah, more than a great town to we me. We had a very different experience. Here sure did. Courtney. Sure did. The record store didn't pull a gun on me. They actually were really. They really liked me. We had a long talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Can, I, can I say you know, I go when I go places I charm people, not antagonize them into pulling out a gun. <laughs> I know it wasn't you. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, uh, if people, oh, well, we should do one more question then. So that's our first question: Is have you been lost? Okay. I don't want to ask like, have you had a gun pulled on you? That's probably too dark. <laughs> you got Tell, lost. Hey, here's a question. Please tell us about a great story you found one time. You didn't know there it was there, you and go. you found a great store. Secret store found a secret store yeah. found a secret store, and I'm... You didn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember discovering Powell City of Books in Portland, totally accidentally. What a, what a discovery that was. So, yeah, let us know. Let us know a place you found. Please do. And uh, if it's a good place in England, let, it, let me know if, how I can get there when I'm visiting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's lots of... That's a good place. I, yeah, there, there are stores in England I'm like, how? How is this still there? <laughs> Yeah, it's just like next to the comic store. It's the store that only sells like uh, Roman coins. Okay. Like, okay. Mm. So, do you just have regular customers that come in here and spend a lot of money, or is this like a casual situation? Because it is near the British Museum, mm. and it's like that people just come in and just like there's enough people that casually come in and want a Roman coin. Yeah. That probably. you can stay in business. It's just like it's such an odd business situation. Yeah. 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 I mean, I bought one. Because I was like, it's a Roman coin. Yeah. This coin was in Rome. It's crazy, isn't it? How? And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, but still. Where Lisa's relatives live in... Live in um, where Lisa's relatives live in... Oh, my voice sounds weird. Hopefully it's okay. Uh, where, where my uh, rel- where Lisa's relatives live in England, they had uh, Roman ruins behind them. Which unfortunately were knocked over and turned into houses. But uh, they were there for a while. Wow. There for a while. Just That's the, so strange. Just the past. Yeah. Eh. Gotta look to the future, sir. Yeah, but you know what? We're all made up of the past as well. Every bit of your body was a rat something else before. <laughs> now it's this. Yep. It's fair enough. Fair enough. And the only thing that's going to go on forever is this show, because it's going to go out at radio waves, and it's going to go out, and it's going to go out into space. Yeah. And it's going to, and then someone's going to take it, and they're going to build holograms of us, and they're going <laughs> to make artificial intelligence based on us. We don't want it to happen, but they're going to do it anyway. And here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the artificial intelligence won't know it's artificial. Yeah. They'll just, the only memory they'll have is of being in this tiny room yeah. doing a podcast. Yeah. And at one point, someone's going to come in and just go, this isn't reality. You're just artificial intelligence. Yeah. You can't, you can't ever leave. And they'll yeah. go, what? Yeah. And go, anyway, back to, so here's the different flavors of Crush I liked. If Smashleberry. It's, if, any, if it's anything like us, it won't even know it's intelligent. Wrap it up, Dave. Well, everyone. <laughs> Well, if you want to contact us, everyone. You're going to be like that. Let's wrap the show up. <laughs> this guy, huh? He's been giving me the business all day. It's my job. So if you want to contact Small us. Small giving me the business loan. <laughs> if you want to contact us, everyone. The best way to do that is to go to the website. That's where we have a comment section under each show. So you can go to this show, which is episode 507. Is that correct? 507? Yep. And, ooh, which is divisible by three. Anyway, 507. And you can uh, find their comment section. Leave a comment there. We'd love to read them. And you can answer the questions for this week, which are, 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 are 
Um, have you ever been lost? Have you ever been lost? And have you ever found a good store? And have you ever found a good store? That uh, was like just out of nowhere. And, and so you can answer that there. Or you can, if you're an emailer, you can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Or we have a Twitter presence. It's sneaky underscore dragon. We have a Facebook page. It's called Sneaky Dragon. And if you'd like to send something to us via snail mail, via the good old regular postal service, if you go to the website, you'll find the contact us page there, and that has our address. So those are all ways to contact us. We look forward to hearing from you and reading your responses next week. We appreciate everyone's attention. Uh, so glad you like to come and spend time with us. We mm-hmm. really do appreciate it. I uh, hope you enjoyed all the talk about snack eyes this week. And uh, we will see you next time. On Snake Eyes Dragon. Nice. And with a gag. Thank you.